Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. What's up, everyone? Freddy the Pizza Man here, host of the Pizza Man podcast. Now joining forces with ChristopherMedia.net. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, the Pizza Man podcast. And, of course, find all the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. We talk Detroit sports. I bring on guests, uh, passions, opinions, uh, all for Detroit sports, and more. We even talk pizza. So thanks for tuning in and uh, spread the word. From Asthma Core Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to a at number 239. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. I'm Todd. Hi. Oh, boy. So, I, I let's oh, just get it. <laughs> only Nixon can go to China. Only Trump can go to North Korea. He is a horrible negotiator. Can you, can you believe this shit? Do North Korea doesn't seem to be agreeing to give up anything. I mean, all we have is their word and that they are dismantling their nuclear program, which I don't know how it's countless times that they've said that before. Yeah, I was going to say their word is rather do, do, if I might say so myself. It's, it's, uh, uh, hey, you know what? Winning. He's, we're making America great again, folks. It's that's it's all that matters, right? That's all I hear. Well, well, before you shit on it completely, they did. He did come out the next day and say, "Hey, if he doesn't keep his word, we're not stopping those war games." Sure, but well, first of all, he already got his photo op, right? He, he got his acceptance into the the big leagues, the big league of uh, world leaders. He's considered an equal with the American president. The That's meme that it, most of what he wanted, and you the, can't take that back. What did Trump that I, want? The what did Trump I, want all this, though? How does this? How does this? Uh, give me the the theatrical script here, as far as Trump goes. What's the point of this? Is it to legitimize uh, Trump? N- no, I think uh, it just seems like something. It's something that he can negotiate that nobody else was able to, right? right. Yeah, That's something Trump's, he can say that he did that no other president did. Trump's right. spin on everything is like he's always got the better way to do it. That's why he walked away from the Iran deal and then tries to make a deal with North Korea, even though I don't know what this deal look, is going to look like with North Korea, but if it's going to have any teeth at all, it's going to involve a lot of the things that, that were involved with the Iran deal. Monitoring of sites, limiting of uh, facilities and, and, uh, and how they can process uranium and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so it, so it doesn't. I mean, on paper, it doesn't make sense. He, first of all, how can you go into a negotiation with another country right after walking away from a similar agreement with with uh, Iran? And also, what what is the the point behind his actions other than his own self aggrandizement? Well, it's got to be. I mean, I I understand it from from North Korea's standpoint. I mean, they've been. You know, struggling to find world stage legitimacy for years. You know, yeah. they've been isolated, and you know, I, I understand it from that that point of view. From from Trump's point of view, though, I think you have to look at this through, as I said, the theatrics prism. You know, the the public relations prism, trying to build up 
uh, some sort of stature and respectability. Even, even, even just plasticized uh, as far as his uh, administration goes. Nobody takes him seriously. Nobody on the world stage, and half the people in this country don't take him seriously. You know, this sounds to me and smells to me like something that's been engineered between the two. You know, they had the little uh, secret meeting. Somebody hopped on a plane, went over there, some diplomat, I forget who it was, and uh, sat down, and basically it sounds like they put together an improv show. You know, we can do this, and we can do this, and then you'll be legitimized, and then President Trump will be legitimized. All we have to do is put on a show. You're right. What, what are the details here? What, what's the, the meat? What, what's the actual tangible result that's coming from all of this? Right. And that's why all the prior presidents, none of them have sat down with the North Korean leaders because they send their, uh, you know, whoever the representatives out to negotiate the, the terms and it always ends up falling apart. So they go, okay, well, then there's no point in our president meeting your president. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where they both are seen sort of similarly uh, outside of Trumplandia. Right. Right. They're both seen as ridiculous uh, symbol figures for their country, figureheads for their, their country. They're just absolutely ludicrous uh, excuses for leadership, right? So the two of them get together and legitimize each other. That's the only thing that I, that makes sense to me. I'm glad that, you yeah, know we're it, not having conversations about nuclear war with North Korea and this and that. I mean that's nice, but where's the meat here? Well, it doesn't help that he goes, oh well, if they suspend further pursuit of their nuclear program, we'll stop the the quote unquote war games that we're playing over there. But th- didn't he say a few weeks ago that? Those are just too expensive to continue anyways. So if you were planning on putting it on the chopping block as is. That's, that's true. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. Like, he is the worst salesman in the world. The first rule of sales is say your pitch and shut the fuck up. The next person right. to speak loses. <laughs> no, and he I just keeps that's... talking. I think that's why Trump sees this as a win because, like you're saying, this is somebody that he can relate to on a certain level. I think that... He feel a big part of Trump's problem is that he feels like the other world leaders are not taking him seriously. Yeah, he's he's finding he's get he's building a an ally a a coalition of the batshit. Right. You know he can't sit down with Merkel. He can't sit down with the UK or or France or whoever else. I mean, he had a meeting with the prime minister from France. I don't even. I, I think that's what they call it. The French Marcon. prime minister. Yeah, and it went. Terribly. Look at what yeah. happened with Trudeau. He sits down with him, a G7 meeting, and he can't even get through that without turning it into some you know, hair-pulling fight. So what does he have to do? He's got to go find somebody that he can relate to. He, he's ostracized by the rest of the world. So what, what can he do? He's got to go to the most batshit leader, the, the one who's closest to where he is on the world stage, and create a, a sort of a partnership with this nut job. Because he's a nut job. He's seen as a nut job. He needs friends. Yeah. That's well, the only one, thing that makes sense to me. <laughs> the, one, the one ability he has that I, I don't think he gets credit for, if credit's the right word, is he is amazing at talking shit to, to world leaders who usually don't play that game and dragging them down to his level to the point where they feel the need to talk shit. Right, and then he goes, "See, I won. They're just as petty as they're just as petty as anybody else. Look at them. 
Well, a lot of that is due to the position he's in. I mean, you can't exactly, I don't think you can effectively ignore the president of the United States. You know, if he, if he was president of, I don't know, Guatemala, and he was right. acting like that, nobody would even bother. But you can't do that with the U.S. We're too, you know, too strong, too powerful, and too much of an influence. Isn't he the perfect president for our country right now? It's just yes. all about winning. Yes. And again, I, I always come back to it. Me and you, Todd, seem to be on the same page with this. We built this monster. He's a reflection of us. I, yeah, I've, I've said that a number of times. You know, the, the, the media and politics doesn't drive us. It reflects us. And I think he's a perfect reflection of who, who and where we are. Well, that's scary then because, I mean, th- this last week was really scary. It, we've kind of been talking about the North Korea thing as an isolation of its own event, but this was right on the tail of the G7 where he went into it saying that he doesn't understand why Russia isn't involved. Right? He wants well, Russia to be involved in these decisions with world leaders, shun, shuns the most of them at the meetings, and then goes to have this, uh, this North Korean summit and comes back and talks about how much Kim Jong-un loves his people, what a, what a strong leader he is. Bizarre, isn't it? Like he... He, you're right, Chris. He has some moments where he's where he's talking strong about it. Like, you know, if they're not going to hold up their end of the deal, we're not going to hold up ours. But he has glowing things to say about the leader of North Korea in the same week that he's talking shit about uh, the Canadian yeah. Prime Minister. Yeah, and he's 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 turned into Putin's biggest PR guy. Across the board since the election. Now, you can say what you want about the collusion and the Russian interference and all that stuff, but you can't deny that every opportunity he gets, he advocates for Russia. And he's doing the same thing yeah. in, a, in, in some sense with North Korea. Why is that? Well, that's, a, you know, Russia was, that's a, Russia, who has been an ally at one time when they were able to, was propping up North Korea has been speaking out against these what they call war games on the border of North Korea. You know that's that's what Trump is is looking to give up mm-hmm. is these uh, these oh, I forget what they actually refer to them as, but you know they're just military uh, exercises. I think is the phrase. Yeah, and the North only- Korea. Every time they happen, North this is when North Korea starts acting up, making threats, talking really big about their arsenal and blah blah blah, and Russia. Talks about you know the unfair oppression of America and South Korea. So the yeah, answer I mean, really got for you, Todd. Is maybe it's keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Yeah, that's well, that is something. That's all I got. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> guys, guys, I he's think, instead I think, like fuck my fuck my friends. Let me make friends with my enemies. I, I think I think I think we're 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 thinking we're overthinking it so hard we're shooting right past it. You just have to look at his track record with people, no matter how much he insults them. If they turn around and kiss his ass, he starts singing their praises. And who knows what was said between those two. Maybe little Kim fucking kissed his ass and he was like, oh, well, that's all I needed. Thank you. And so I'm going to, oh, he loves his people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, he's done it to people <clears throat> in his own administration. He's done it to his political opponents. He's done it to his critics. Anybody who dares question him, who dares even, let alone speak ill of him, he goes, I mean, zero to a hundred, just scorched earth policy attack. 
And the minute that they say anything kind about him, he's he's back to singing their praises. I mean, it's... I, I, I get where you come from. I'm, I'm more concerned, though, about the... You know, North Korea is considered a Russian ally, right? Yeah. They're friendly, they're friends, North Korea, China, Russia. And, you know, well, I, I... Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, that's it was like the largest communist country outside of uh, outside of Russia. You know, I don't want the USSR. I don't want to get into the, at least not for the moment anyway. I don't want to get into the speculative Russia collusion thing. But how does this play in? How does this um, play into Putin's advantage? Is there any way that you guys can see that this is doing the Russians a favor? Because I, you know, we can we can speculate and everything about this and this and the mechanics and the details of a possible collusion. But I'm really a big fan of looking at people's actions. Mm-hmm. You know, if he didn't collude, is he acting like he did or they did? I, honestly, yeah, it's it. You don't really have a good option here. Either he actively colluded, or he is being manipulated. Right? Yeah, <laughs> there's no other option. This is the most damning evidence, in my opinion, anyway, because it's his actions. It's not speculation. It's not secondhand, uh, you know, uh, uh, anecdotes or anything like that. It's it's how he's behaving while he's in office. And if him normalizing, basically, there's that word again, him normalizing North Korea and Kim, Kim Jong-un, how does if that benefits Putin somehow and benefits that sort of alliance that he has with North Korea, elevating them on the world stage? I mean, that to me, if you're if we can't see an advantage to this from our standpoint, yet there is an advantage from the Russian standpoint and viewpoint. That to me is one of the most damning pieces of circumstantial evidence of collusion that that I could that I can think of. Yeah, I mean, there there is still the advantage of possible denuclearization. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I I agree. Yeah, yeah. If it's suspicious, he's, he's the puppet. I, I I know where you're coming from, Rich. I I I I'm with you there. But there, boy, it just the actions and the um the results and the effects of all this. It uh, no, but that's a that's a good point though because I think we get too stuck in trying to pick apart who this person is, and at. At the end of the day, you know, my favorite phrase for unregimented, <laughs> Trump is just Trump, right? He's just his yeah. actions. Who cares yeah. what his, his thoughts are, right? ultimately? And that's the one thing. I mean, Trump is wildly inconsistent. You know, like you were just saying, Rich, I mean, he'll say one thing, he'll smack somebody upside the head, they say something nice about him, and he'll just go on a, on a crazy Ivan off in the other direction, right? Oh, yeah. But this, this Aren't is we a year removed from fire and fury, and yeah. now they're having a summit? The, you're right. But this is the one area where he has been just brutally consistent is advocating for Russia, advocating acting in their best interest. It goes yeah. all the way back to Crimea, goes back to the Ukraine in the, um, in the campaign, you know, inserting uh, language into the Republican platform that favored Russia as far as Ukraine went. You know, this is this is a, the whole Manafort conspiracy thing. If you go go and and check that out, that was the one thing he demanded uh, when he was running the campaign, and they got that inserted into the into the uh, Republican National Committee platform in the campaign was that they were going to take a lighter hand, re Ukraine. But that's the one thing that he has been just almost dogmatically consistent on, with the exception of a couple of phrases here and there where he has to talk tough. He has always acted in Putin's interest. So let's look at, I, 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 I'm not as well versed, I don't, 
I'm not swimming in 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 uh, uh, news channel media these days. But where is it? How is how is this a favorable development for Putin? Because he goes back to he goes back to what I said, coupled with the fact that he's burned so many Trump has burned so many bridges trying to get propped up with loans in this country. And he went over to Russia before he ever fucking announced he was running for president and was borrowing money from them. And once again, you do him a solid, he's going to sing your fucking praises. I think this, the scariest thing about Trump is that, you know, I, I just remember a quote I was told when I was younger. No one's more afraid of being ripped off than a thief. Mm-hmm. And I think too many people with agendas, because they have agendas and agendas behind agendas, and they play games... And they have one or two, three, four, five, six different faces they show, depending on who was in front of them. They assume he's that way, too. I think that the, the quote that Alan Moore gave years ago, that the world is rudderless and it's chaotic, applies to Trump. I think he is rudderless. I think he is straight-up chaos. I don't think there's some master plan behind any of his shit. Now, that's not saying that he's dumb. He's obviously not. He has the intelligence or the wisdom to excel to get where he's at. He knows how to play a crowd. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he's can't. got a certain kind of street smarts, but he doesn't have a, an intelligence, like a, a, a self-awareness type but of But see, that's all. Once again, that's window, why That's why he's Aaron, so easily Aaron, manipulated. Aaron, Aaron, we do this every week. Window dressing on, we're, we're arguing about window dressing in a house on fire. I, it does not matter. The point is, is that he was able to bullshit enough people to go, I'm going to vote for fucking Donald Trump, you, someone who has absolutely no experience. Dismiss him. You cannot dismiss him as stupid. You don't get in that position. I don't care if you agree with him. I don't care. I don't care what his motivation is. Even if it's just generalized chaos, as Chris says, or I'm, I'm sorry, as Aaron says, even if it's even if it's that, he has a level of genius within that. It's ridiculous to dismiss the man for everything he's done, right or wrong, successful, unsuccessful, whatever, the position he's in, you can't dismiss that. He has something. Dumb people just don't fall into the presidency. No. No. And, and Todd, to answer your question about how does this benefit Putin, you guys looked at a map lately? Uh, <laughs> Russia and okay. North Korea both border China. Yeah. Is this, could this be something to, you know, something to align against China? One other counterpoint I wanted to make to you, Rich, as far as the, the, well, the chaos analysis, as far as he goes, just, just one quick thing. He, you're, I agree with you, and again, you're right about that, with, with one exception, and that is the consistency with which he acts in Putin's interest. There is very little chaos there. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, That's it, a straight it, road. I, I think that he, he's working in Putin's interest uh, it, he's being manipulated by him. Well, that's what—that's kind of where you I'm going. I, I can't say that for sure. So, I don't—I don't know that for sure. But he sure as fuck acting like he is. Well, it keeps the heat off of Putin. We're so busy paying attention to this dancing monkey who's our president that we're really not really. We we speak of Russia as this as this collective, like you know, like the last starving person in Russia is somehow in on this shit, and that's the way it's presented to us because we can't think in nuanced terms enough to, to go no it's a few it's a few people at the top of the pyramid in that country that propped him up financially that he once well, again anyone who helps him right anyone who helps him is his buddy anyone who speaks well of him is his buddy and he's acting like such a fool that putin's over there like i Crimea? that that was just the beginning 
Mm-hmm. Who the fuck am I going to invade next? And it, it, it'll be a, it'll it'll be done in the twenty four hour news cycle in the U.S. because this idiot will say something to take everyone's mind right. off it. He'll instead of grabbing by the pussy, he'll say throat fuck him or something. Something will come up. You never know with him. And I mean, that's if you want to get away with doing dirt, the best thing you can have is a bunch of idiots around you drawing attention away from yourself. And a bunch of idiots distractible enough to fall for it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Squirrel. I mean, it, it's just like it's just like this 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 shit with the with the FBI with him. You know, it comes out that if I got my facts straight, forgive me because I I, I, was, I was trying to read up on this earlier today and listen to a few different yeah. new news sources. But it, it comes out that what now that they were actually investigating Hillary. Well, no, we've talked about that. I mean, that you're not gonna. You're not going to sway them either way. He's Jesus now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So he's, right. he's, he's set up perfect situations to just go, I mean, the whole fake news, alternative facts. It's brilliant. That, that is the first thing a totalitarian government does when they move in is to completely discredit the press because that's the only thing that can keep an eye on them and in theory, at least, keep politicians honest. Now it's, I don't believe that. Well, it goes both ways. You know, that's that's not it's not just him that's doing that. I mean, you've got to you could have you don't have anybody uh, very few people that are left now that will look at the news uh, objectively and say, "Okay, does this make sense? Does this seem right?" And very very few outlets that actually present an objective viewpoint on fact either. So, I mean, I I, I get where you it was one of the it was the very first thing he did when he announced his candidacy. He started attacking the press and the fake news thing came out. Right. But it's sort of a bilateral. I mean, you you can never get somebody who, say, was a Bernie bro or a hardcore Hillary supporter that would ever listen to anything critical of the candidate or the Democrats either. Because, oh, you got an agenda. You're a conservative. So it 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 automatically dismisses and discounts any sort of criticism of the own of their own tribe. This isn't anything new either. I mean, we've seen it with we've seen it with. Look at look at people like. Michael Jackson, look at people like sure, you know, yeah, it's all Bill, over. Yeah. Bill Cosby, O.J. Simpson, uh, 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 who is Beretta? Whoever Beretta, I can't remember his name. You yeah. know, the fan, these people's fans go, no, nothing. You tell me, I'm never going to be convinced they did any of this. I don't care about the mountain of evidence. We've just never had it on this level. Even with Clinton, even the most diehard Clinton supporter I knew was like, oh yeah, he got a blowjob up under the desk from that intern. Right. Even before, you know, it was, he came out and was like, I'm sorry, I lied. You know, it was, we all knew yeah. he was getting head up under that desk, period. Yeah. Yeah. And they had no problem admitting it. The, the, only, the only retort they had to that was, who gives a shit? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? That's between him, his wife, and that intern. JFK was banging Marilyn while he was president. And that was one of many. Yeah. <laughs> He's he my was, hero. His his team photos an aerial shot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just all there is to it. So it but it's just it's so frustrating because every time I listen to a news report, every time I, I read an article, every time we talk about this, I'm just thinking anyone who's listening to any of these things, not just us, but just any of these reports reading these articles. They've already made up their mind. Right. And all they're doing is looking for points in the article 
to back up their beliefs or points in the article to attack, they've completely shut their mind to, to any chance that they might be in the wrong and that new information will come along and enlighten them. And they don't seek it out either. And they only surround themselves with the people who will reinforce that. You know, any, anybody who sort of invades that echo chamber, that little sealed uh, little room, is going to be kicked out, going to be ridiculed, attacked, and kicked out of the collective. You're only going to, people only surround themselves with what they want to hear and what they believe, quote unquote, believe. And that's the problem. And it, again, it's, it's, I'm not going to run down the social media road again, but this is the main mechanism for that. Because you can do it now. You don't have yeah, to go to a meet. You don't have to go to a meeting. Start yourself. You do not have to go to a meeting. You do not have to go to church. You don't have to go anywhere, but sit on your smelly-ass, sweaty couch and surround yourself with like-thinking people. And pretty soon it goes from you know facts to beliefs to a matter of a question of good versus evil, right versus wrong, the patriots versus the Auslanders, you know, and, that, and that's that's the problem. That's where we've gotten, and that's how we got Trump. That's so how we're going to get him again, too. Yeah, I started watching Wild Wild Country, the documentary series on Netflix. Have you guys seen this? Oh, Rajneesh. Yes, I highly recommend it because it shows us just how little. Anything has changed. I mean, I know it wasn't that long ago. This was what, like 80s when, it, or I think around 80 when they started coming to uh, America and building a town here. But yeah, all the the same fears and the and the conflicts—they're all still there. And the only thing different is now we have social media, so everybody would be talking about this shit. Well, yeah, it's amplified. It's a that's a megaphone for this shit now. Well, who's the who's the actress from uh, who was it Smallville who got caught up in some cult? Oh, what's uh, I know, dude. Alice, she's so cute. That's the shame. She's a freak, and not in a good way. But I mean, oh no, she's she, she's a freak in a good way too. If you've read some of the shit she was doing, <laughs> she is soldier. She's down well, for whatever in the bedroom. But unfortunately, from what I've heard and read, I'm just like I. Once again, even in the age of social media, even in the age of everything, if you dig hard enough, you can find information on it. It's still not a huge story. It's not like the front of the you know, pop culture mindset. It's not like you know, everybody's talking about it. So, I mean, I understand what you're saying. That, you know, that you, some of these cults wouldn't have prospered as, as, as much as they did and ducked the light as much as they did in the age of social media. But if you really no. want to, it's possible. That's, that's the fucked up part. I mean, Scientology's still around? Well, no. I mean, there is... Uh, I, I'd, I'd recommend watching it, but there's a lot of footage, news footage. I mean, people were following this at the time. That's why I was kind of shocked that I had never heard the story before. I mean, I was only, you know, a tiny kid. I was born in 75, so, it, but this stuff went all went all the way up until like mid '80s, and I had never heard of any of the shit. But apparently, it was on the news because they have Tom Brokaw talking about it. They have footage of it. What are you talking about again? But uh, Wild Wild Country, the Rajneeshi uh, cult, I guess people refer to them as. Yeah, I'm not. But, but it, it's it's really interesting, just as a, a kind of societal study, because. You know, the, 
there's the way that this this group of people viewed themselves and there's the way that the outsiders viewed them and just the way that that, that everything escalates i i don't know i don't want, i don't want to get into it cuz i don't want to spoil it for anyone who's like wanting to watch it but yeah it's, it re, it reminds me of the jonestown thing about the same era as well i mean you look at that and look how it escalated you know you've got people killing their kids with Kool-Aid yeah, at some but point the, but Jonestown is a little more cut and dry because mm-hmm. this guy, I mean, I don't know, who's to say? But when you look at, at footage and hear the story about this Rajneesh guy who started this religion, it, there's no like uh, other side to him, apparently. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm only getting part of the story. But he seems to honestly believe all this shit, you know? He's as full of shit as anybody else preaching any kind of religion, in, in my opinion. But he's not really pushing it on people. He's not. Uh, he's he not, giving he's not enriching. They- he's not enriching himself on the side, yeah. in the way that many uh, leaders do. I mean, Jim Jones was a Christian who was just a fucking crazy egomaniac, and when mm-hmm. he, he found himself at the end of the road, he wanted to take everyone with him. Right. David Koresh kind of thing. Right. Yeah, there's another documentary that's on Netflix called Holy Hell that uh, sounds like, from the way you're describing this, is, is um, sort of down that, that line as well. But this guy was uh, getting all the tail he could get. He was, I think he was bi- gay or bisexual, and he was fucking everybody uh, within that. But what he was doing, his trick was that he was feeding people what they wanted. He was, you know, feeding either the ego or giving people a sense of purpose, uh, a sense of meaning. And he didn't have to do a whole hell of a lot of brainwashing. You know, as long as he could give people that one thing that they were seeking, they would believe anything he said yeah. and do it. And from what I can tell from the, the footage and, the, and in this documentary about the Rajneeshis, all they wanted was to just build their own community the way that they saw fit Mm -hmm. and you know very early on like the the townspeople have had enough of them coming in and taking over everything and violence erupts and they find themselves in the position of having to train some of their members in automatic weapons so that they can defend themselves and it's kind of it's kind of interesting in that aspect because this is like they they have this ideal that they can that America is the place where they can be free to have the community that they want, but it's inevitable. They have to change their own community in yes. order to live in America. I do know right? this guy. Thank you for posting that, Chris. This is the guy. They went off and um, uh, went into the community and started poisoning like um, salad bars and shit, didn't they? Poisoning salad bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys yeah, were mass salmonella. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. They were. <laughs> they fit the definition of terrorists <laughs> at some point. See, that, well, again, like I, I just started watching. I think I have three episodes in. I remember this now. Yeah, I have. Spoiler heard. alert. So, yeah. so I guess you know that's a little sneak peek at where the story is eventually going. Yeah, but that fits in with my story. Like, yeah, they had completely noble intentions of just living free, mm-hmm. and through the process of just reacting to 
the the other people in the neighboring town they right apparently end up just being horrible people <laughs> yeah they um yeah they attacked a mass food poisoning attack is what the uh, Wikipedia page says. Yeah, spoiler alert. Whatever, we're going to talk about it. Uh, and then <laughs> apparently there was an aborted assassination plot to murder the uh, U.S. attorney, murder a U.S. attorney as well. Yeah, beat. <laughs> yeah, they ran into conflicts, like you said. They ran into conflicts with other people in Wasco, Wasco County, Oregon. And uh, yeah, and then they decided to lash out against the community and against the government as well. Because they felt they wouldn't leave him alone, I suppose. Religion. It's awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah, see, no, no. It's just, it's, it's weird because you mentioned the, the, you were watching a documentary the other night, and I was like, I don't, I don't remember any of this. I don't remember any hearing about any of this at all whatsoever. Like, yeah. for some reason, I thought it was about the McMartin satanic sexual abuse preschool shit that happened in the 80s. That's for so, when I heard about the documentary, that's, that's what I thought it was about. Well, so I was completely off on my end. I think it maybe it just got overshadowed by you know more dramatic events like Jonestown, but it's it's definitely in the culture because even though I wasn't aware of the story, I guess I was just a little too young at the time. You know the the scene in the the Simpsons. Remember when they joined the cult? And everybody's lined up by the road, and while the their leader drives by, and splashes everybody with mud in his stretch limo. That <laughs> and, is, and, 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 and a leader. Th- that's what they're doing. Like the he he only travels in a Rolls Royce because he has this like completely armored Rolls Royce. Uh, I guess he had we, actually flown over from India because he, that's what he used to drive. The whole reason he left India is because his radical message was uh, inciting too much violence. We, but we yeah, got, he would. But he would leave the compound. He would get in his Rolls Royce, and everybody would line up and just watch him like drive by, and feel I, blessed by his presence. I guess I, I love that all these all these religious leaders have so much faith in the, their, their deity that they have to roll around in bulletproof vehicles. Well, I mean, you got to be somewhat practical, right? Oh, bullshit! It's like every time I saw no, like a, no, no. It's like every time I saw like a Christian skateboarder or BMXer wearing a helmet. What are you doing? <laughs> Go for the sickest, craziest thing you can. If you like, die, you inherit the kingdom of God. What are you yeah. worried about? Maybe the Pope in his Pope mobile. Like maybe there's some, Maybe there's some people that still haven't heard this joke, but I'm sure you've all heard it. Uh, there's many variations on it, but it, a man is on his roof in a flood, you know, a whole house flooded all the way up to the roof. He's sitting there and he's saying, please, God, save me. He's praying to God, right? Boat comes by and they go, hey, get in. We're going to take you to safety. Oh, no, I'm praying to God. God's going to take care of me. I, I'm all set here. All right. They take off. Another boat comes by. Same thing. Then eventually the water rises. The guy drowns. He goes to up to heaven, sees God, and he says, well, God, I thought you were going to save me. And he's like, I sent you two boats. What the fuck else do you need? <laughs> you know? Yeah, the, 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 the variation like, that I heard is a woman. As Nishi's God could say, I gave you enough money to buy an armored Rolls Royce. I don't know why you didn't. The, the variation on that I heard was a, a woman in her 80s, after a lifetime of complaining, there's no good men. Dies and goes to heaven and goes. God, where are all the good men? She goes. I sent you like fifty of them. Your friend, your friend zoned all of them. 
And I was just like, okay. <laughs> friend zone isn't a thing, Rich. Yeah, okay. No right. Oh, by the way, just I, I, I did watch a video. It, I, I have to get you guys' opinion on this. I'm sorry. Because speaking of cults, cult, you know, hive minds, mm-hmm. it's amazing to watch the, the, the groups on the far reaches of the left and right splinter and start ripping each other apart and attacking each other because there's now a there's a, been a couple books published on it but it's called political lesbianism that claims that being heterosexual or lesbian is a choice and if you're a good feminist you will choose to be a lesbian because fucking men just adds to the patriarchy oh my god right um wow but isn't there a wow. term for it Oh, I don't know. I, all I know is that... people a biology textbook, or what? <laughs> no, isn't, that, was... isn't that what a turf is? Oh, turf, turf, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, that's just trans-exclusionary, right? That's well, the, 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 they're radical fe- rad femmes, or whatever they're called, but yeah, that's... They, they, they don't believe that, that uh, like, male-to-female transgendered people oh, okay. should be accepted as women, because they weren't born yeah. into the struggle. Very similar. <laughs> and... But yeah, I just think they know that, that to make more feminists, you need men. Are they aware of this? Well, I just think it's amazing that we've went so full circle that it was. It used to be the Christian right saying it's a choice, right? And and now you got the and they're on the far right, and now you get the far left saying the same thing. And then when you say, if you dare say something like horseshoe theory, flip sides of the same coin, they both get on their high horses and do their best to just tear you down. And it's like, you are exactly the same. You're a cult. Mm. This is groupthink. Nobody is praised for thinking, having an independent thought. If you do not adhere to our, our set in stone until we change them, and then it gets very 1984-ish. We've always been at war with Eurasia. Yeah. We've always been at war. It's never been any different, no matter what you think or say. It, and it, it turns into that. And it's just... It, it blows my mind that I'm sitting here watching a video from a feminist talk about how being gay is a choice, and I'm just going, "This is this was guys, this was hate speech." This is well, three, four this, years ago. What this it, is, it's uh, it, it it's almost like there are certain segments, admittedly radical segments of the population, that is trying to turn. <laughs> it, it's almost like they're trying to create a world where man is the new Uden. You know what yeah. I mean? Yudin? Yeah, the new Jew. Oh. You see what I'm saying? As right. far as the, the far-right Nazi sort of mentality, and people always ask, well, how does this happen in Germany? How do you start extinguishing uh, an entire segment of the population? That's kind of the same. You're, you're running down that road when you start talking this way. You know, everything male is dirty, filthy, wrong, and creating problems within the society and needs to be ostracized and go away. It's the same fucking thinking. It's I exactly guess- the same. I guess well, because because I, know, I try to. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. Uh, what well, I was just going to say that uh, we're probably not too far off from the solution here with the cloning, te- cloning technology and terraforming of planets. We can literally have men move to Mars. I'm there. And, and have sex robots. I'm there. And have women move to Venus. The girlfriend's and still they can all clone themselves. She can't hear me say I'm there to it. She doesn't understand what I'm saying that to. Thank God. She's over there working. I'm there, honey. Here's the finger. 
<laughs> you know, as much as I try to to to. It, without being so open-minded, my brain falls out of my fucking skull. As much as I try to understand where someone is coming from, I can understand a woman who maybe was born into a family where there was a, a, a nothing but drunk, abusive, whether it be physically, sexually, emotionally, whatever, men, and she grows up, and she just has like, man, I can't stand men. They're all evil. Isn't the the easiest thing to do in the world if you hate something is to leave it the fuck alone. No. That's what. That's what. Uh, no, really, no, if I no, don't like you, I don't talk to you. It's that simple. No, some people, of my coworkers they figured no, it out. No, if he, no, I, I disagree with you there. I, I, maybe it's the easiest thing to do, but it's not the the human nature thing to do. If you hate something that much, you want to yeah. do everything you can to brutalize it, to to justify and give yourself justice. And Love lash and out at the, at the, the source. Yeah. And it occurred to me at some point that, yeah, maybe there is a, a problem with equal rights and all this other stuff. But I'm, I'm, a, I'm a white man. I am not required by national or even universal law to burden your cross. I'm not required to do that. And at some point, you're going to turn me and a lot of other people it's exactly what you were talking about, Rich. You keep this up, you run down this path, and you're going you're gonna to make me burden mine. And you're going to turn me into an enemy. There has to be, again, it comes back to the stuff that I was talking about with natural balance. You can run all the way off to one extreme if you want, but there will be balance. And that means that the people that you're, your extremism is attacking, they're going to radicalize themselves against you to an equal proportion. You see what I mean? And that's, God, it's all over the place, man. Everywhere, people are just just yanking on the rubber band on both ends. And at some point, it's going to snap. I have no problem with women being treated the same as everybody else. None. Whatsoever. In that sense, I'm actually kind of a very light feminist. But you start running down this extremist uh, sort of <laughs> femina yeah, feminazi track and start labeling me as filthy, dirty, the cause of all problems in the world, I'm going to fucking fight back. Me and millions of other people, what are you going to do if you turn me into Rich's 15-year-old daddy? A lot of the problem is that I see is that we have way, way, way too many people who still want to believe that uh, it's just a tiny minority of people. This, these people have no real voice. These people have no real power. And the thing is, they might not, but the fact that every Vox, Huffington Post, whatever, Breitbart, Guardian article that comes out that, sh that shines a light on these fucking people, it doesn't matter they're political, I don't care where they're at politically, these fucking nutbags, you're just giving them free advertisement. Didn't we learn anything from the what? Disp two to to a disputed three or four billion dollars worth of free advertisement Trump got learned a lot. That's why it's being done. <laughs> you you it, see what I mean? It learned a ton. Well, it works. A lot of the a lot of these tactics are the same tactics. It, it's it's you know growing up it was you know these people are trying to say that you shouldn't have the right to like the, the Christians are trying to say you shouldn't have the right to get married if you're gay. Well, to me that's stupid. All right, setting aside the fact that I think. Involving the government in your love life is stupid as is. It's just the way the world is at this point in time. You want to fucking do it, 
you should have every right to. Well, all of a sudden, that turned into now the people, the 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 the, the, the Christians on the right are you're victimizing me. You're oppressing me because right. I can't force my religious beliefs on somebody else. Right. You're having to force your secular beliefs on me. No, forcing you would be to make you at gunpoint get married to a gay person and fuck them. That's that's that would be oppressing you and forcing you to do something against your will. No one's doing that. Absolutely no one is doing that. Saying that that I believe your belief system is bullshit is not oppression. It's just an opinion you don't like. And look, it's no, it's no different than walking around. If anybody who grew up in a religious family knows this, no one loves to tell you you're going to hell quicker than a Christian. Oh, God, they, they get so moist when they get to tell someone they're going to hell. You're going to hell. Some, and then you, well, you just look, like some Christians, not all of them. You just look at them and go, well, if I don't believe in heaven, what makes you think I believe in hell? It's like me saying the Easter Bunny's going to kick your ass tonight. It doesn't matter to you. You don't care. You uh, you can't, it's just, it blows my mind, and this, you're absolutely right, all these tactics have been co-opted by all these little groups, and everybody's the victim, and if you just stand there and go, I'm no more a victim of life than life being the circumstance in the first place, no more than we all are, for everybody bitching about how horrible it is here, and yes, we do have a lot of fucked up problems in America. Would you rather have been born in sub-Saharan Africa? Honduras. Would you rather have been born in North Korea? Yeah. I mean, what would your complaints on the internet be then? Oh, that's right. You don't have access to an open and free internet, or you don't have access to an internet. You're more worried about where your next drink of water that's not mud and filled with malaria is coming from than you Let's- are about microaggressions and it would still there. be it would still be our fault it'd still be the u.s's fault because you don't have water try being born I, without a penis in the middle east i read a, a tweet today that said something to the fact of the the problem with america is that every time you investigate one fuck up you find like eight other f- greater fuck ups that this country did i'm like well isn't that called progress like yeah don't you have yeah. to go through the fu- like first of all yeah we can agree that that america is not perfect right most of us i think can agree that it's not perfect but it's it's got a better track history the track record than uh than most countries so far and you know it's one thing to watch good things for your country to want your country to be better however you you view that but there's no path to the country getting better if you're constantly obsessed with digging up dirt and digging up the past i mean it has to be acknowledged but don't wallow in that shit well there's a difference between finding you know imperfections and using those imperfections as an impetus and an excuse to tear everything down and rebuild it in your own contrived utopian image and finding those problems and fixing them. Yeah, that any fault is evidence of the system being broken. Right. So in the back of your head, you've got this shady image of this literary utopia that you want to build, and that's your excuse to do it because all this stuff is wrong. We have to build this thing that works really well inside of a book 
<laughs> but it's never worked anywhere else. As opposed to, okay, let's take the existing structure we've got and improve it. Yeah. I, the, the scariest part to me of the trend I'm starting to see, and maybe it's always been there, I don't know. Maybe I'm just now like getting woke. I don't know. I, I don't fucking know. Neither, furthermore, neither do I care. I just see it. That's all that matters. Is that it's not just we want to hammer away at, at you know, hey, America did this and this was bad. Fine. Okay. Name me one empire who's without sin. None of them. Period. They've all made decisions that have cost other cultures, other countries, their natural resources, the lives of their people to further their own agenda in that empire. That is just the price you pay. History is riddled with shitty people winning wars over other shitty people. It's all that there is to it. Get off your high horse. You're never going to change that. What scares me is the fact that the, the retconning of history to fit agendas nowadays couple that with the fact that you have so many people who have a world of information at their fingertips who don't give a shit to know any, about anything that happened to them before the first time their little pathetic pecker shot anything thicker than dog water and it, and, and it, what do you do how do you how do you even put things into a perspective for people you get to the you point you get you to the point that, that. where you get hysteria like you have in germany to where yeah. you we release a video game over here that's a World War II video game, and there might be, like, a Nazi flag somewhere during one of the levels. They have to go and scrub the game completely free of anything that even mentions Nazis because Germany will fall apart eventually if, if, <laughs> if anyone mentions anything about the Nazis in World War II. Right. Get the fuck out of here. Stop acting. Don't, and don't act like you're doing it for some altruistic reasons, like, well, we want to be sensitive and culturally sensitive. No. Ultimately, it's about... You know, we're going to beat ourselves up before anyone else can beat us up. It's that self-depreciating humor, uh, you know, theory. I'm going to make fun of, it's that eight-mile rap battle theory. I'm going to tell you everything that you're about to fucking call me out on before you can say it. Now tell these people something they don't know about me. That's what they're doing, and then they're hoping, and we're set up for it now. It, a couple more generations down the road, these people will have no concept of what happened during World War II. These people will have no concept that the average German soldier was not a Nazi. That Nazis were an exclusive party inside of Germany. No, the, point where, the average German soldier was conscripted at some point. Exactly. They had no idea what the fuck was going on. Right. The, the Nazis had complete villages and towns and cities you could not set foot in unless you were a member of the Nazi party. Well, there's a couple of things there, too. They also had complete control of the media. Uh, as you said, as you aptly pointed out earlier, the first thing you do when you're a totalitarian state, is attack the free press. And eventually, the only information Germans were getting was the information that was approved and put forth by Goebbels and Hitler, Gehring, whoever else, right? So they didn't know any better. Now, this was, you know, a long time before the Internet came along. So you were basically, you, you were dining on whatever intellectual fare was put in front of you at this very limited buffet back at that point in time. Absolutely. And the second point that I'm going to go back to what you, how do you how do you get people to do to to seek out objective fact and truth? You can't do that. That is impossible. I, I, one of the Escaping the Cave podcasts I did, I mentioned that, and it, it, the, how I phrased it in that podcast, and I still believe that is that you can't save anybody. People have the the switch, the button that has to be pushed for people to seek out the truth 
objective fact information, question their own beliefs, and find uh, the reality is an internal button. It's inside of the skull. You can't touch that button. It has to be done by the individual. And that, unfortunately, despite what most people think and what people want to put forth and how they want to view themselves or whatever else, is not something that people do. It's not something that people typically are interested in. They're tribal. They need their ideology. They need their religion. And people don't have that sense of self-awareness. And if they do, they don't care. They don't, they're, they're not interested in the damage that's being done collectively by that mentality. That's damning. Yeah. Because at, yeah, least, at least with the Germans, just to finish the point up, at least with an, in, in Nazi, God, everybody loves the Nazis. We should keep track of how many times we make a Nazi reference in these podcasts. <laughs> but at least you can, you can excuse that to an extent, a very small extent. Maybe not even that small, because they didn't know any better. They were getting one intellectual uh, train of thought put forth that they could consume. We don't have that excuse. The, 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 the truth, the facts, at least having an internal dialogue and debate, the capability is at our fingertips if you have an internet connection. You can find it. You don't have that excuse now. So in 50 years or 100 years, however this plays out, people are going to look back at this point in time and they're not going to be forgiving. They had all this information and they just chose to ignore it and isolate and wall themselves off from everybody else. Yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really glad, I guess, that even though sometimes I wish I was born a little bit earlier even than when I was born, I, I guess I'm as glad I was born at the time I was and I was exposed to a lot of the pop culture I was because a lot of the music I listened to growing up, you know, they had lyrics that said, you know, it's up to you to seek the truth, know your history, and then know the difference between me and you. Now, I mean, and, and these were albums that were in the top 40 on, on the charts. Now it's, I eat the booty like groceries. And I mean, it's not to say that there wasn't garbage <laughs> back then. I was just going to say, I was just going to invoke poison and skid row. To me, not, it's just monkey business. Yeah, that was fucking profound stuff there. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, but then if you go and listen to that same album, yeah. and I'm not a big Skid Row fan, but you go listen to something like Quicksand Jesus, the whole song's about fucking overdosing and throwing your whole life away over sticking a needle in your arm. Just giving you shit. No, I mean, but if you get, I mean, I, yes, it's out there, but it's just like, it, it, there's always been bubblegum bullshit, and there's always been yeah. stuff that, that's there to make you think. It just seems like we are really in a, a an, an anti-Renaissance, if you will, of... Yeah, we're almost we're, we almost look down upon intellectualism. We almost look down upon anyone. Why? Why do you want to know that? It's almost. The Bill, it's the Bill Hicks joke. What are you reading for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I, I almost lived that at a, at a local Coney Island a year or two ago. I took an actual physical book in. I wasn't reading off an electronic device. And the guy said, "Oh, you don't see." At the counter says, "Oh, you don't see that hardly ever anymore." And I was like, I thought you were going to say something else. I was about to quote Bill Hicks to you. And he started grinning because he knew that he knew the bit. Yeah. I mean, it's that to me is the scariest thing that I'm starting to see because I'm, 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 I'm blessed and I'm cursed to work with a lot of younger people and just the absolute, I don't know. And I don't want to know it. I don't care to know that shit. Yeah. What's that matter? That has nothing to do with me. I'm under attack now because I'm a demisexual pan, cis, non-gender conforming person, I don't care. Those people that stormed the beach at Normandy, they never suffered like I've suffered. And I'm just looking at them going, you said that with a straight face and totally unironically. I almost wish my grandfather was there to slap the shit out of him. But 
what, and it's a rhetorical question because you've answered it already. And I knew it was a rhetorical question. I said it. It's just, it's so frustrating. You can't make people care. No. God damn it. You got to be able to turn on a light when they're stumbling around in the dark. No, no, you can't. That's the thing you got to give up. You cannot do that for people. You just can't. You've got to seek out the ones that are inclined that way to keep yourself sane, <laughs> you know, so you don't take it completely. And they are out there. It's not everybody. Right. Uh, you've well, got to prevent, you've got to keep yourself from having a completely isolated, you know, there's two, two ways, and I said this last week, there's, there are two definite directions you can go that are ir- just as irrational as the other. One is to, to isolate yourself off and wall yourself off in a cave and only seek out the same types of thinkers that you are. But there's also, the flip side of the coin is to get so cynical that you assume that everyone is uh, sort of a clone creation of this anti-intellectual archetype that you've created in your head. And that's not the truth either. Neither one of those, both of those are diametrically opposed to the same degree. You see what I mean? It's, it's, it, it, it's very difficult. It's almost like it's a negative, like a, you, you put two magnets together and they repel to, you know, sort of a, a distance apart. Just because you hate this, you can't put yourself off in this sort of cynical reactionary cave of your own making to the other way. Does that make sense? It makes sense. The, 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 the point where I feel like I'm beating my head against a brick wall is when you talk to anyone, and any, when you talk to, not anyone, when you talk to a person and you get to a point of, they disagree, you might agree with 99 things. The one thing they disagree with you with is the one thing they're going to focus on. Right. And they're going to label you who, you know, doesn't know shit about shit. The problem is that he pointed out, rightfully so, all these conservatives you call stupid went to the same colleges that you went to, right. sat through the same classes you sat through. They just disagreed with them. Mm-hmm. They know the same shit you know. Yeah. And when you sit there and label an entire group of people like that, how well, it goes back to the it goes back to the, the the question that Jordan Peterson asked and Bill Maher. How do you come back from that? And well, it, 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 here's the here's the answer. They don't want to come back from. No, they don't. They want to engage in warfare. They, exactly. And once again, so we're just going to be the occupied peoples while these idiots lob bombs at each other and hope yeah. that one of them doesn't hit us. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Get used to it. That's exactly where we're headed. That is exactly where I've been saying it for months, dude. I have my moments of optimism <laughs> where I, 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 I see maybe possible alternate tracks. But if, if, if I had to lay money on it, that's exactly what I would predict. If I had to go to Vegas right now, if I flew out there on one of Chris's trips, we're hanging out at Caesars or wherever, and I had to lay money down on a table and make a wager on which path we're going to take, that's the one that I would put every dime I have on. And one other thing, uh, as far as your example goes for the um, uh, generalizing that comes from the left, the right does the same thing. You've gone to Fox News, you've seen the comment sections, and you've seen all these conservatives that will throw the word libtard around and say liberalism or progressivism is a social or a mental disease and everything. Yeah, it, it, it's not exclusive to either camp. And that's the problem. And I think the solution, if you're asking, I'm not sure if you are, I heard the word how in there a couple of times. You have to just cut those people off. You have to cut the, the infected limb off out of your social life. 
you're not going to change those people. You have to find the people who are interested in good discussions, good conversations, who do have an open mind, who are willing to sit quietly, listen, and ask themselves if maybe they were wrong about some things. Ask themselves if there's possible, if it's even possible, remotely possible, that both of the dogmas, both of the uh, ideological religions are in some way wrong. But also, what's right about both of them? And where's the, where's the compromise? Where's the middle ground? Because if you can't figure that out, if you can't find enough people who are willing to do that, then yeah, that throwing bombs over your house as you sit inside cowering while these two religions do warfare in the street, it's going to come if you don't figure that out. Not you, but if we don't figure that out. Todd, you brought up two dirty words. Well, you, you indirectly brought up two dirty words nowadays, introspection and accountability. Yeah, don't forget compromise. Yeah, three dirty, <laughs> yeah. Three dirty words. Yeah. yeah, sorry. The C word, right? Yeah, like it might have been, I, I don't know at what point, like, hey, maybe I'm the fucked up one, or maybe I fucked up. When, when did that go away? Well, again, I'm gonna, I, I mentioned uh, On Liberty, John Stewart Mill, to you guys a number of times, and he, he attacks that full frontal, full frontal assault on it in like the 1850s, playing devil's advocate, you know, listening to what other people have to say and actually considering it. You don't have to accept it. It's not saying just because you listen and consider you're going to be brainwashed and all of a sudden you're going to be, you know, indoctrinated into the other cult. But there are, there are parts of progressivism that make sense. There are parts of conservatism. That makes sense. And just because you agree with one thing doesn't mean you have, or one, just because you disagree with this doesn't mean that the entire um, ideology is corrupt. But by the same token, just because you believe one thing doesn't mean that it's divine either. And that's completely, I don't, I have very, very few people that I know of, that I interact with, can, are, are capable of that. It's too much fucking work. That's why I don't believe that uh, when people say they love music and then that all they listen to is like one genre. Like I love music; it's my life. I only listen to industrial. Right. <laughs> I don't think you. I don't think you really love music. You love the scene. You love the, being part of something or whatever. What about the ones that mock hip hop? T- at the same time, you see what I mean? Right. I love. If you love music. You'd find good music everywhere. Right. I listen to both kinds of music, country and western. <laughs> Tip your waiters and your bartenders. No, and I and I, I absolutely, I, I know what you're saying when, when you say the, the right <coughs> lumps everybody together, et cetera, et cetera. My problem is, is the right does not have the chokehold on the media, on pop culture, on, on higher education, on universities that the left has. Agreed. And it, and when you are the minority voice, yet you are constantly attacked as the majority, and it, somehow that you're you're preaching from a place of power, punching down by people who are standing over top of you. Mm-hmm. Have you read his book yet? Have you have you gotten that book yet? No, I've not. I've not read the book yet. No. Get your hands on it. I highly recommend it. Highly. But I mean, honestly, I when when the whole thing with with. Bill C-16 came up a couple years ago, and I found he had lectures online. And ironically, I, 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 the lectures of his I enjoy the most are the ones that are before he was thrown into the political fire, if you will. Yeah. And because you saw people of all types of, of political leanings in his lectures, 
not dismissing him, not waiting for a chance to stand up and you know hold up their their handmade sign that says "Smash the Patriarchy" and they, you know, all this shit, not waiting to make a scene, actually listening to him and engaging in a debate or a discussion mm-hmm. in a class. Gee, I don't know. Like you're supposed to do in higher education, right? That's what college is there for. College is there for to introduce you to ideas that make you uncomfortable, that make you think outside of your preconceived notion of the way the world works. That is a given. And when it's taken away, and the people taking it away are, are screaming that they're, they're so oppressed and they're so, they're so downtrodden, it, from, from who? <laughs> who? Who is doing this to you? Point to them. Right. Please tell me. <clears throat> Three of us went to Specs. If all three of us had went to specs at the same time, and we all three had a problem with a professor, and we managed to get, let's say, 15 other people, and eh, fuck it, let's make it an even 20, 17 other people to agree with us, and we walked in the front door and started throwing a shit fit and holding up signs and chanting because we wanted this, this, this instructor gone, they'd have very, probably not so politely shown us the front door and said, thanks for the money, now get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Nowadays, that's how you get a teacher, a professor you don't agree with, out of there. Well, yeah, I, I, I highly, 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 I'm going to say this one more time, and I know I'm being redundant, but get the book. Because he gets into this pretty well in detail, in part of that book. The, the problem with the indoctrination in uh, higher education. And he, uh, you know, he comes from a place, considering his history up there in Canada, with the university system, where he can speak knowledgeably upon this you know it affected him directly and one other thing i would before we move on too far from this you mentioned uh the uh media control of the left right and the apparatus that's in place and i i'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit a couple of years ago i was examining this is when i was firm, firmly entrenched in uh, camp left and i was bemoaning the fact that the only thing that the far right was lacking was something some semblance of cohesion that once they had their uh, demagogue somebody who would come along and unite them that it was going to be a relatively terrifying experience i never imagined it would be donald trump in my wildest fucking dreams i gave him a lot more credit than that (laughs) but it did and i was right about that and i'm seeing the same thing now with these uh different factions on the left the problem with this is they don't, they don't have that yet. It's coming. Their Trump is coming. He's out there right now plotting. And he's going to be just as batshit to the other side of the extreme as Donald Trump was to the right. And the problem, the thing that should terrify everybody is that he's going to have the, almost the entire media apparatus at his disposal. Trump didn't have that. He had Fox News. He had Breitbart. Fringe, well... I wouldn't call Fox News fringe. It's a concentrated, consolidated conservative media outlet. That's why their ratings are so huge. It's one, whereas the liberals have several, right? You, you, right. Get, that well, liberal, you get that liberal demagogue and prop him up, get him in a position of power and influence, he's got the entire media apparatus at his disposal. That should be terrifying. Well, the more terrifying thing to me is that the stage is being set by people who I, th- I thought should know better. Case in point, this last week with Bill Maher, basically saying, yeah, I'd rather the country go into to recession yeah, than... That, I thought that Trump, was fucked up. ...than for Trump to succeed because we're That's, losing our democracy. Well, we're not all worth millions, Bill. Yeah. 
I mean, you no, know, we wouldn't all come out of this, you know, as clean as you would. This shows what the what the what the 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 the, the assholes on the right have been preaching to Billy Bob and Amanda Lee in the middle of the country. They were wrong. A lot they of the were, stuff. They were absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. These people are so entrenched in their own little bubble, their their limousine liberal bubble. That they don't understand that if another 2008 happens in the next 10 years, we might not recover as quick this time. And if we do recover, we might not even look like the same country that it was before 2008. And we might, and we might not look like the same country as it is now. And I'm not talking about diversity for the sake of diversity. I'm talking about we went in the span of 20 years from, one, from two people living together could work one job each and support themselves to now it might take two, three jobs for those two people to work. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that be a Lyft, an Uber, two part-time jobs, a hustle on the side, whatever the fuck. And I mean, I said this last week and you were like, yeah, but people get used to it. Yeah, but the problem is, is that there's eventually a point where you don't have any more hours in the day and you're not making enough money. And when the hole in my stomach gets fucking big enough and, and God forbid the families who have to, the, the, the parents come home and the kids, you know, we can't even afford to fucking go to work because we can't afford for anyone to watch our kids. So as a consequence, we can't afford to fucking even feed our kids half the time, except for the dollar menu at McDonald's, which we all know you live off that. You won't live for long. I mean, it, 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 the shit just rolls downhill. And for someone like Bill Maher, of all fucking people, to sit there and be like, yeah, I'd rather we go into, a, into another recession. For for that Michelle, who is the, the the Michelle Wolf? Is that the chick that was the correspondence dinner? Yeah, yeah. Had her show, and you know, would would do you hope that negotiations with uh, uh, North Korea fail so Trump doesn't get credit, and it's like seventy three percent of her audience agrees with that statement or wishes that the, the negotiations would fail? Really, you want to put us even further at odds with people with 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 a person who we've just sat here talking about who we've been talking about for how long since he took over for his daddy? Can I give you a counterbalance to that? That little poll? There was another one that came out this week just to show you how polarized to the batshit ends of the spectrum we are. There was a, um, I don't remember who did it, but somebody put, a, put together a hypothetical uh, where if Trump had Comey shot, right? Right. Should that he? That was uh, uh, Giuliani. Yeah, that was that it. Thank could, you. Yeah. He could shoot Comey in the middle of the street, and you couldn't prosecute him. Right. So somebody um, put together a poll um, saying, should he be prosecuted for shooting Comey? And on the other end, it was like 40 or 50 percent of Republicans said, no, he shouldn't be. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I mean, now now in the the grand scheme of things, the people that were, it was like 70, 70, I'm not even going to give this credit. 70 percent, only 70 percent of the people said, no, he shouldn't be prosecuted for having Comey shot. Only 70 percent. The Law and Order Party, ladies and gentlemen. I mean. Law and Order Party. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, the religion, the the fanaticism is really, to some degree, and I can't quantify it, to some degree, it's. Uh, polluting with a syphilitic effect the body politic and the common the the collective mind well i i mean i understand hating someone and not wanting to see him do well on a personal level like if if you hate trump and right. melania files for divorce 
<clears throat> you're not gonna you're not gonna cry for that. You know, you're gonna cry for that failed marriage. But to 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 wish harm upon your own country that is the yeah. definition of cutting your nose off to spite your face. And let's understand something. Bill Maher will never go into recession. No. For him to say that is. I, I, tone deaf doesn't even it's begin. Short sighted. Yeah. Yeah. Just from it, and, and this is all. This is all anyone on the right has to say. Uh, I've, I've, up I've is started it, to notice. Is, go ahead. We lose you. Well, I'm just saying. I'm just starting to notice parallels between uh, the mid 2000s and now. I mean, it's think about how. Look at the thing with uh, De Niro on Sunday, right? The whole fuck Trump thing. And just if you think back, Bush's first term, he's a war criminal, worst president ever. Hollywood was united against him. We got a second term. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to notice a pattern here. Yeah. You're not wrong. Because people like De Niro, even if, you, even if I agree with his sentiment, gets up in front of a bunch of people who were just ha- one, one millimeter of butt cheek touching the seat, ready to jump up and burst into thunderous applause because they know De Niro, one, has made his money. Two, his, his legacy set. He don't give a fuck if he gets blacklisted. But on top of that, he has, no, he has nothing to worry about about being blacklisted because he's preaching to the fucking choir. He is literally preaching to the people who right. eat that shit up. Well, that, that's it, it takes no balls. And it was about as brave as uh, a touring band coming and saying, we love Detroit. No, right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah, we love exactly. this. Way, way to go out on a limb there, Bob. Yeah, let's see somebody go up and say, God bless Donald Trump, and see what happens. That takes balls. That would take right. bravery in that, same, in that same scenario. I hope that Donald Trump's businesses fail. I hope his hair falls out. <laughs> I hope he gets fatter and less healthy. Coronary. Uh, I don't necessarily. That's, that, I'm right up to that line. I don't wish him any actual harm. But some repercussions for his actions would be appropriate. But I, you know, I said this weeks ago when they started talking about having this meeting. I, I really do hope that it goes well. Give him the fucking Nobel Prize. Who cares? Bob Dylan has one. Doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah, my life's not going to change. I don't give a right. shit who gets it. <laughs> yeah, right. Think, and, about and this. This is- think about this. Kid Rock has a, has, a, has a National Association for the Advancement of Colored People award. Kid Rock. Dog whistle racist. That's how much these things mean. So I think, look, we're stuck with Trump, right? We understand that. So let's look at who he does work well with, okay? How does, how does uh, Putin and Kim Jong-un handle him? Maybe we should take a little page from their books and actually figure out how to feed this guy's ego in the right way to get our agenda done. That's the only way, I mean... Democrats have tried that approach, but then they get slapped down by their own party immediately and they go slink back into their hole. But I think that's the reality that we're living in is that, you know, like uh, Trudeau, if he wants to actually do something about these uh, steel tariffs that he's upset about, he's got to know by now that going headlong into it, it might, it might be good for his base because they want to see that. They want to see him stand up to Trump, Right. But is it going to do anything about the steel tariffs? Fuck no. It might even make him double down on this shit. Because that's his personality. We understand who this guy is. So kiss his ass a little bit. 
give them a fucking, I don't know, does Canada have their own version of a Nobel Prize? <laughs> give them whatever, whatever the top prize you can give in Canada. Have him out there. Put a medal around his neck. Get a photo shoot. Let him grab your hand however you want and shake you around and totally manhandle you. I think there's a way that politicians can actually do this and still have their base understand that, look, I'm just trying to get something out of this fool. This is how you work him. You shake him the right way and he spits out money. Yeah, and there's also the fact that, let's, you know, a lot of what Trump was saying about the trade deficit, et cetera, et cetera, the TPP, was the same things Bernie was saying. And I, I, I find it very hard to believe that if Bernie was president and was talking with Trudeau, that Trudeau would make the snarky comments he makes in the press. I mean, you can't play holier than thou after you're, while still brushing the, the, the pig shit off of you from rolling around in the, in the mud with, with the, 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 the biggest scumbag on the face of the earth, according to you. You can't do it. I think that's kind of the definition of the job, though, isn't it? A modern politician, or not even a modern politician, just a politician. Yeah, like, it's been that way for thousands of years. <laughs> I, think, I think you have to do that. I think we, diplomacy, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but rolling around in the mud is, yeah, it, it's a given. I mean, it's like eating shit. Well, yeah, you, mean, you roll around in the mud, you stand up muddy, and you declare yourself squeaky clean. Exactly. It's just like eating shit. You know, you... It, is it? No, no, because... because you no, go on. Think about it, think about it. You get elected, let's say you get elected mayor of Detroit. Okay, well, someone brings you a big bowl, sets it down in front of you. It's a big old fucking bowl full of shit. And it's from the pastors, and you got to eat it. Then you get one from the unions, and you got to eat it. And you got to smile the whole time because you're gonna have to need. You're gonna need these people and their base to get reelected in four years. I mean, it's that's the game you've chosen to play. And if you want sympathy from me for that, go to your dictionary, and it lays between the words shit and syphilis. That's where my sympathy for anyone who chose that lifestyle lays. That's no to me. It's no different than if I choose to go into a line of work where my job is to kill people who are trying to kill me, and I'm going to complain and bitch and complain, oh, this person shot back at me. What the hell's wrong with them? They're doing their job, same as I am, period. I mean, you can't volunteer for this work and then go, oh, oh, I'm so put upon. That doesn't work with me. Politicians get away with that shit way too much in this country. We have way too much sympathy for people who are our employees, and we don't see them like that. We see them as our leaders. You're not, a, first of all, I don't need a fucking leader, right? You're hired to do a job. Either do your job or we'll put someone in there who will do the job that we want. But that's not what politicians do. And they get a, they get a pass on that shit. And that's what I'm saying. If Bernie went over there and Bernie had done all the same shit Trump had done without all the fucking shit talking, but he had, he had, he had done all the same stuff. I highly doubt that the world press would be handling Bernie the same way they're handling Trump. No, but Fox News would be. Oh, well, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, Fox News is the Yes Network. Yeah. They're rooting for the Yankees no matter what. You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all there is to it. Yeah, and the other networks are rooting against the Yankees. They're, they're Nesson. Exactly. <laughs> New England Sports Network, Aaron. 
That's the Red <laughs> oh, Sox. Okay. The Red Sox don't like the Yankees, Aaron. Sports. <laughs> I was going to say we need to need to check Dreyer for his sports shirt. That we can throw it out here. My brain recognizes sports reference. It just turns them into white noise. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. That's how, that's how Aaron, or, uh, Hannah Kendrick describes your missives. Okay. Oh, snap. <laughs> gotcha. Well, yeah, you know, it is starting to look like it's a, a two-term president here, isn't it? Yeah. And we see le- less evidence of this uh, so-called blue wave. Hold, hold on. Let me, and, let me. A lot, and a lot more evidence of people who Republicans are actually speaking out against him, either just retiring or going or, away. <laughs> or yeah, being sent away, and we'll find a Trump supporter to put in your place. Now, just in case we've added a couple hundred uh, to the thousands upon thousands of unregimented listeners this week, let's do a little self-identification of our fundamental ideological leanings of the four of us on, on this show. I'll start. I'm sort of a left-leaning uh, centrist at this point. I used to be far left, and now I'm sort of just to the left of center. What about you guys? I really don't even know where to plot myself on this graph. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I, I've taken that test several times. My no, dot always fuck, comes literally right. Self-identify. Give yourself a, 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 an ideological ma- mammogram here. Rub your titty and tell me what you feel. I don't care about the test. Where would you guys self-identify? Lefty libertarian. Uh, libertarian that leans to the right. Ideological heretic. Chaotic neutral. <laughs> I just hate. It. I hate. I hate. No, honestly, I, I'm I, an egalitarian. I don't know. I don't. I, how do, I, because honestly, I don't know. I don't. I, this is the problem with this. We're having to dismiss or ignore certain beliefs of ourselves to align ourselves up with this. You know, with an nah, answer to this question. I, I mean, I've lived with Aaron. There's there's parts of Aaron that he's conservative about that has, that has made me like go, oh, I didn't, I didn't see that coming. There's right. parts of him he's like liberal about where I'm like, I damn sure didn't see that coming. Right. And I mean, you know, Chris, I, when I, I called, respects with Chris, I thought Chris was a fucking commie. Really? I thought I've called him a teabagger once or twice. <laughs> yeah, but we're talking 19 years ago now. <laughs> so well, not that long. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, mean, I just don't don't put too much thought into. It. I'm I'm just what I'm trying to do. This isn't like I'm not going to put it on your epitaph or anything like that. But what what triggered that that question was where Aaron, who I consider historically anyway to be a little bit he he used to you and I used to align quite well on the left. I thought, and when you can say that we're looking at a two term presidency, you see what's coming. This isn't a, this isn't a bunch of conservatives sitting around the uh, podcast campfire getting all dreamy-eyed about a second term for Trump. No, not at all. Hey. We see this from all over the spectrum. I think we all, I think the four of us are almost, do you, any of you see him not getting reelected as things stand now? No, and you, you, know who the, you know who his best campaigners are? The people who hate him the most. Liberals, yeah. yeah they always well, were. It, <laughs> it's hard to project, certainly, but if the election was this year, there's no question. Right. It doesn't matter who what. It doesn't matter who runs against them. They could have their own version of Trump. Yeah, I won't vote well, for it. I, if I had to vote, I've said it before, and I know it's heresy. But if I had to choose between Trump and whatever the fucking this sort of 
pseudo-communist incantation on the far left is becoming, I'll choose Trump if I had to vote today. I hate saying that. And considering where I come from, I've said this before, man, that is just, it's epic that I would even say those words would come out of my mouth. Well, I, I think if, if the left had their own true version of Trump, and then it would also hold true that that person would have no respect for the agenda of the people who voted for them. Right? I mean, Trump only became a conservative because he, he found an opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he saw an opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, and that's what the left is going to get. If they want their own version of Trump to run against him. It, no, I, I don't see that. I see, I see the demagogue coming from the left end of the spectrum, and it's coming. I'll say it again. He's out there, or she's out there. It's going to be one of ideological purity. It's going to be the anti-Trump. That's the only way you can win. You've got to be... Own version, you've gotta be I, I see, I'm looking at two different things then, because the, the, there's the opposite of Trump, which is what you're describing. The less version of the Trump would be the same empty promises that, that Trump had. I mean... He's, uh, I, I don't know. Look, the one, thing uh, is, the, the one thing coming from the far left right now, uh, I think that if you had to define a distinctive trait on the far left, it's purity, ideological purity, right? Right. I guess I would you describe it as superiority. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, that's for sure. But I, I think that that's what, that's what I'm seeing. I mean, you see it throughout the, the campuses. We were talking about Jordan Peterson on the campus, so therefore he had to endure the storm, the backlash, the outrage storm on the campus. And that's what you're dealing with with the left, I think. And I think that the demagogue that's going to come and unite all of these little factions is going to be one of ideological purity. Well, then, if, if, if we're going to But build, you're saying that this person is honestly going to be that pure? That they'll be... That's, that's like... The anti-Trump is like 100% legitimate... Who gives a shit? It doesn't matter. He's going to project it. <laughs> okay. that, that's, okay. that's neither here nor there. Here's what I think the better exercise is, is if we're going to build an anti-Trump, mm-hmm. what are the what is their political ideology? And you have to go on a case-by-case basis. And if you're going strictly to try to get the Trump haters and the and, and then you, you're going to count very little on the swing vote, the people who will vote either side of the, of the political party, you're going to get Hillary times 100. You're going to get fuck the flyover states. You're going to get, you know, oh, you've had your shot, white people. You're going to get, you know, Black Lives Matter storming a politician's pulpit, pushing them out of the way, and the politician sits there with their hands clasped in front of them and their head bowed, like they're a little child being called on the carpet. I don't think it can be a man. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I have the giggles because I'm yeah, picturing like the, penis. I'm picturing the left building their anti-Trump like, uh, like in Weird Science. <laughs> they build the perfect girl. <laughs> They've got like copies of the Washington Post, like putting it down. <laughs> New York Times. <laughs> Make sure to get Jezebel in there. Well, oh, imagine, imagine Elizabeth Warren. I got this right. Rachel Maddow wig. There, actually, yeah. Actually, boy. Actually, what you think? You think Rachel Maddow is a a good anti-Trump candidate? Yeah, she's gay. She's smart. 
She's articulate. Yeah, she's very, she's very smart, articulate. Very articulate. She's, she's educated. She's well, successful. She's a media time. person. What's that? White. She's white. Nah, it doesn't matter. She's got a pussy. They'll, they'll deal with white if, if she's got a badge. And I, yeah, I think the lesbian outweighs not, a lot of that. Yeah, one that's not being assaulted by a, a dirty penis. It's, you, you guys, you're right, but you're right by, the, by, by, by just the slimmest of margins because the, the blowback towards white feminism and white lesbianism yeah. from this thing. The no, no, I'm, not saying it's gonna, I'm not saying it's going to be successful. I'm just saying it's coming. Because I think I think you're right. I think that that that's going to be the thing. Again, we're all, we're we're just speculating here, having some fun trying to predict the yeah. future. I'm the only Todd Stradamus here, by the way. But what we're what we're creating um, is a scenario to I, I would think to run up against Trump. And you're absolutely right, Rich. I don't think it's going to be successful. I think it'll create enough of a backlash. Then that's what I was saying. That's what we were just talking about. You know, there's four of us here. None of us like Trump. None of us consider us ourselves Trumpians. And we would probably, I don't know, I won't speak for you guys, but we all see him getting reelected because of it. I'm, I'm more concerned, I think, about 2024. Because if that fails, you put a radicalized Elizabeth Warren out there, you put Rachel Maddow, Maddow out there, and it fails, then what? This is an ugly road. The problem is, is that you have, it, it just reminds me of, like I said, election night. When it was done and over, <clears throat> and they had called it for Trump, and he and and Hillary had called him, did whatever she did, and he gave his acceptance speech, whatever. And I went to the store, and I was listening to the Air America on Sirius, you know, the the left wing version of Fox News, and they were just like, "We lost because we didn't. We ignored the flyover states. We didn't do what what, what Bill Clinton did. We didn't make those people believe, and you know, and all this shit." And hearing that, and then literally the next day, not even 24 hours later, hearing the exact same host with the exact same fan base and caller base, and them saying, we didn't go far enough to the left. We right. didn't exclude white people enough. White right. women are to blame for Trump. Right. And I'm just going, I, you can't keep digging down that identity politics hole. Mm. And that's expect I, to get anywhere. That's what I was talking about with uh, the expecting me to bear your cross and turning me into a demon. You cannot do that. You can't create demons out of people and expect them to follow you, especially, you know, like it or not, white people are still a majority in this country. Yeah, did, did we, we went white to men are, these figures a few podcasts ago. 70% of the country is still white people. White men, still a big demographic, kids. Yeah, they, you want They're you half wanna, of that percentage. You wanna, yeah, you want to alienate them ostracize them and create enemies out of them good fucking luck climbing that mountain and here's here's the problem if you actually sit down and have a conversation with a lot of people a lot of the if these people would sit down and have a conversation with the enemy aka us yeah. they would find that we're not that far off on, on the vast majority of our of our beliefs and how we see the world i have to say like you know when i when i do the show with Corey, and a subject comes up I find myself saying, just because I don't agree with the thoughts that someone is having on this subject doesn't mean that I think their rights should be taken away or violate, violated or right. withheld from them. At no point have I ever said that. Give yourself a plug. Who's Corey and what's the show? It's, well, <laughs> I just realized that I called him by his off-air name. People were like, Corey, I thought he did a show with a guy named Rye. It's nighttime conversations. 
or discussions with with Rich and Rye, but on the ChristopherMedia.net network. Yeah, there you go. And and you know, <laughs> I mean, but I, I find myself having Thanks to say that. I find yeah. myself having to say that, and it pisses me off because it should be apparent. And it, the problem is that too many people assume, uh, like, okay, case in point, the subject of should a four-year-old be able to decide his own gender? I said flat out, no. No. You know, no. I don't, you want to dress in girl clothes, dress in girl clothes. But you don't even understand the concept of gender at this point, especially the way social sciences are pushing it. You don't understand that at four years old. You know what I want to be at four years old? Wolverine. Yeah, four-year-olds don't understand the concept that you can't have ice cream for every meal. Exactly. I wanted, to, I wanted to be a cop. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> God, yeah. Most you ever seen Bad Lieutenant? That's you. <laughs> but serious, but you know, and and I and I found myself having to say, now that doesn't mean that any trans person, whether they're a child or an adult. Should be denied any rights, and but and it, but that's that's how far we've come to where you can't even disagree with just a sliver of the of 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 the of the dogma of these people without having to give that caveat, and even that's not good enough for some of them. Some of them are like, well, that doesn't matter. That's the wrong kind of progressive people. You're the the wrong kind of feminism, the wrong kind of diversity, the wrong kind of equality. And that's why I'm saying, that's why that's exactly why I was saying that I think whoever's coming from the left, the next demagogue, the next leftist demagogue is going to be a purist. They have to be. <sighs> and here's the, sca- here's the scary part. I didn't agree with Bernie on everything. A lot of things I didn't agree with him on, to be honest with you. Yeah. But if he was president, we wouldn't be having any shows like this. These shows would not be like this. It would be just... It, maybe because he would, maybe because he would, he would force some things through, right? And be fighting some battles that were historic, whether it be single payer or something along those lines. We would talk about that, right? But we, it would be like Obama. We mostly ignored the rights attacks on Obama. Why? Because we knew you hated him from the get go. Yep. Period. That's, that's why the attacks on Trump are being ignored, aren't they? As far as collusion and everything else goes, there's no substance from from the viewpoint of the right. There's no substance. The same as Benghazi was not a thing on the left because it's coming from the right and they just hate Obama. Same thing with collusion on the right. There's no substance because they just hate Trump. But to to be honest, I I clearly remember a show with Jay on where we said, I said, you know, how would you rate Obama as a president? I think he... I want to say he said like C minus, and I asked him, okay, why such a low rating? And he just ran he's ran down the list. He's like, if you want to go by international law, he's a war criminal. All yeah. the drone strikes, the, the killing of innocents, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? None of us disagreed with him. No. Nope. I mean, that's that's the thing. That's what is missing. That's what people who go, you're a centrist. You know, that's just a label that makes you comfortable. Mm-hmm. That's what that does. It has, it does not affect me. No, I'm calling out politically agnostic. I'm calling out bullshit wherever I see it. Yeah. Well, and you're it, gonna you're gonna keep yourself busy. Well, but you get. But that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's not a that's not a centrist, a left, a right thing. That's just someone going, "Hey, I'm sorry, but I don't want to." You know, you pissed your pants. You might want to go change them. You don't want to walk around with pissy pants all day. Right. And if you don't listen to me, then, then walk around smelling like piss. I don't give a shit. But I, one thing I, I wanted, to, the one thing I wanted to, to add, as far as uh, your your um, 
God, dreamy scenario as it seems now if Bernie were elected. Uh, I think that ship has sailed. I think that was the maybe the last moment where we could have had uh, sort of a sensible left-leaning uh, president. I don't hey. think that we can go back. I think Bernie is too moderate now. Aaron and I tried. All right, we felt the burn. Yeah, I did hey. too. I would have voted for him in a, in a heartbeat. He won my state. Yeah. In the primary, he won my state. I did yeah. my part. Right. But I don't think I, I don't think that Bernie Sanders, I think in two years' time, after two more years of Trump, after two more years of the radicalization, the bilateral radicalization that's happening, I don't think I don't think he could I don't think he could win. Oh I don't no. think he's pure enough. No, and Trump would have a fucking field day with his age. Oh, God. I'd love to see those debates. <coughs> he would yeah. he would he would those rip two. him apart just based on his, his how old he is. He'd be he would be what? What's the thing? Isn't oh, Trump not that much younger hand. than Bernie? I think we're about Trump's the same like age. Trump's like 71. Trump's yeah. the same as, Trump's as old as my dad. Isn't Bernie like only two, maybe three or four years older than him? I thought he was four, if I remember correctly. I thought he was four, yeah. so. He would be 75 by the time, 74 or almost 75 by the time he took office, which would make him the oldest president in history. Here's a question for you. Let's, let's run with the, the Rachel Meadow scenario, and they're debating on a national stage. Do you think Trump would call her a carpet muncher? On national TV? Yeah, yeah no, why not? <laughs> <laughs> or at least on Twitter. No, I, I think he, he has enough restraint to not call her names, but... Really? He certainly would be like, well, you know, the things that she does, and I don't even <laughs> want to think or talk about them, but, you I know... I would do that to Melania, and I'm a man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, she's so forlorn. <laughs> <laughs> Politics are ridiculous, man. It's just ridiculous. I would, I would think he would. Uh, I don't see. I don't know because who'd have thought he'd have said the shit he said? That's what I'm saying. I think he. I think he would go off script. I think he'd do it. I think he would. He would probably say a lot of the same along the same lines of shit he said about Hillary. You know, she's a nasty woman, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, all that. Yeah. But I think he. If he's going for re-election, things would be leaked that he said. I don't think he would get up during a debate and be like, "This Dyke's part of the Pink Mafia." You know what I'm saying? I don't think she he would come up that he would go that far. Now maybe if she pissed him off, which I mean it's you know if she went the whole few good men uh, cross-examining you know yeah. Jack Nicholas route and pissed him off to the point where he's like, "You damn right I fucking called you a carpet muncher, bitch. What's your diesel Dyke haircut?" You know I mean maybe hey. Make America straight again. <laughs> Seriously, what's your dyke spike haircut? Get the fuck out my face, bitch. I mean, maybe if he snapped, that'd get him out of office. And if that's the case, run, Rachel, run. I, I totally see him and Rachel Meadow on stage tiptoeing around the lesbian issue. If not, uh, jumping full bore face first into it. See what I did there? But here's, let's be honest, who gives, <laughs> who gives a single fuck? Who anyone fucks? Seriously. <laughs> Are you serious? Who gives a... Do you, do you want an answer to that as a rhetoric? A lot of people uh, give a... Fuck raving conservatives or will pretend give a fuck they, about who you fuck. They will convince themselves they give a fuck. If they, yeah. They, yeah. And uh, uh, Dick, Cheney's, Dick Cheney's daughter is a, is a lesbian, and they managed to, to rationalize putting him in office as vice president twice. They, they give a fuck about who certain people fuck. Right. Depends on if they like you or if, they, if they're in your religion or not. Mm-hmm. 
If they don't like you, you're sick. Yep. If they do like you, maybe you're troubled. We 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 love the sinner. We hate the sin. Here that condescending is. horse shit. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh, America. But you, but you don't know how to separate the two, so you can't say that. It's the same way with it, that that you know Hillary was you know a, a, a horrible woman, horrible example of a woman and a wife to the right, and Michelle Obama was you know didn't know her place and all this, and you know then Melania has naked pictures. I could literally within ten seconds of, of of touching a keyboard pull up naked pictures of her with other women committing lesbian acts, by the way. And they just they go, oh well, that's art. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Is Robert Maplethorpe art? Oh no, that's homosexual propaganda. Okay. So if you, just just you come, come to it. It's not art. Putting that out there. Wait, come. So, oh, I see what you did there. No, I just want you to remember this though. Next time you start having that sort of algebraic, formulaic conversation about trying to apply logic to human reason. <laughs> Just remember what we're talking about. That's how people are. And it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah, you know, I, I keep coming back to that, that old Lenny Bruce thing, you know, the truth is what is, what should be is a fantasy, a terrible, terrible lie someone gave the people long ago. Yeah, people should be thinking logically. They should be thinking, you know, in consistent fashions, knowing what they believe and applying the standards equally, right? People don't. The should doesn't matter. The truth is what is, and people are not rational. And you've got to, you know, operate within that framework, or you're going to drive yourself insane or just make yourself a completely miserable cynic that's so difficult to be around, you're not going to be relevant. I'm not speaking to anyone in particular here. I'm just saying that as I've discovered that about myself. You got to, you know, you have to know the battlefield. If you don't know the battlefield, if you think the troops should be over there, when in reality they're over there, you're going to end up shot or maimed. I love oh. sucking the air out of this podcast. It's awesome. No, I'm, too busy looking up, I'm too busy looking up nude pictures of Melania Trump. <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of the problem that goes back to what I was talking about earlier, though, you have a lot of people calling everyone who says, eh, I might vote for Bush, a Nazi or you know, a, you know, a warmonger or an idiot or a sister fucker. Because do you understand how many people you're turning off from your own cause? And here was the response. I don't give a fuck. That's right. I just want to piss them off. Yeah. Fuck them. Well, I, I did that. I was, I, was, I was right front and center doing that. I did that for a long time after that. I, I got to the point, Rich, where I got so frustrated with trying to reason with people. And I did. I, I legitimately tried in my own Todzilla way, admittedly. Uh, but I started taking a track where I, I figured that I thought that shame would be more effective than reason at some point. And I was dead wrong. Neither one works. You can't call people, you can't shame people into believing the truth. You could tell people that people, you could tell people, flat earthers, the earth is round and you could walk them around the equator. And if you, thank you for that, Chris, you dick. Uh, <laughs> and if you're walking them around the equator and you start at one point, walk west through the Pacific Ocean because this is an imaginary scenario, and you walk all the way around the world and you come up the other side, prove to them that the earth is round, but you're sitting there shaming them the entire time, they will still continue to believe the earth is flat just to A, spite you, B, not have to admit they're wrong, and C, as Peterson liked to put it, Hold on, or no, this is uh, this is the um, that knows from the underground, Dostoevsky. 
that hold on to the idea that they're an individual, that they have intellectual autonomy and can still believe whatever the fuck they want. It doesn't work. Well, yeah, did, isn't the last elect, isn't last presidential election proof of that? Yes. I mean, it's pretty much Hillary's strategy was shaming him. Deplorable. You know, yeah, yeah seemed, seemed to work. Good and job. The, and the right's doing the same thing, right, Snowflake? I mean, it doesn't work. You're yeah. not changing minds here. You're, di- you're creating enemies. You're, you're, you're digging the trenches that they're going to shoot you from. I don't know how to, I don't know how to solve it. I don't have answers for that. The only thing that I can, the only thing that I can think of in, in, in the realm of solutions is that you've got to start engaging. If there is a salvation, if there is a path forward out of this, it's going to be, it's going to come from people who, as I said earlier, cut off the gangrene limbs of extremism on the body and start engaging each other in rational conversations, admitting they're wrong, understanding compromise, and trying to find a clean, at least cleaner path forward. That's the only way. I don't know how you create that sort of culture. That's what has to happen. It has to, the culture has to be created for that. Other than that, I mean, dude, we may as well create a bunker and wait for those bombs you were talking about earlier to be lobbed over the house because... If we don't figure that out, no. Well, it's I as fucked up as this going to sound. That's it's kind of what I feel like. All we can do, it's all we can do is 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 wait until. I mean, look, there's been, you know, we love to say this is the most divided this country's ever been. I would agree as long as they finish that statement in our lifetime, or that I can remember, or that I was aware of. Right, we're not in a literal. The country is ripped in half, civil war, brother versus brother, right. because of where you were born at the moment. Okay, we're not to the point where we were with Vietnam. We're close. We're damn close, but we're not to that point yet. I mean, well, it's exactly. it's going, it's going, it's it, it's it may be bad to us, but it's everything's perspective. Two things: the civil war took decades. To turn into the Civil War. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Vietnam, the Civil War, the one thing that's different now is the Internet. Everything is moving exponentially faster now. We're not having to print pamphlets. We're not having to have meetings at Berkeley to organize a march. We're doing it online instantaneously. That's the difference. That's the one thing. We don't have a map here. We don't have a schematic to go by. We don't know how quickly and how divided and how confrontational this is going to be because we've never been here. And I get that, but the thing with Vietnam that I think a lot of people forget or is lost in history or just not taught in history for whatever reason is that a lot of that opposition to Vietnam was because people were still being drafted. Sure. And they had fought a a war that we went, what the fuck were we doing in Korea? And now we're, now we're in this quagmire in Vietnam that's technically not a war. It's a policing action. Yet they're taking kids from all the poor neighborhoods and feeding them into this fucking meat grinder. Mm-hmm. And the rich kids get, you know, I'm in the Coast Guard or I'm in the, 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 the Civil Air Patrol or whatever the fuck. Or people, shit themselves and get out of being drafted. Yeah, you know, say they're gay, whatever. And that's what a lot of, that took those two wars and the bullshit surrounding it, because why were we, why were we there? Uh, communism. Well, eventually that wasn't a good enough reason. Right. And so what did they do? They got rid of the draft. 
Well, um, uh, let's see. Now we're going to have a Cold War. Well, once the Cold War was ended, what do we do now? What's our new boogeyman? Terrorism. Terrorism. <laughs> we're going to fight an idea. Yeah, the other thing that, that happened, I think, with Vietnam that maybe people don't have the context on is that those kids who were being drafted were the sons of people who had been drafted and fought in World War II. Exactly. And they probably, again, I'm speculating here, but I, I would assume that they grew up with stories or they grew up with parents with PTSD or parents telling stories about how many friends they lost on Omaha Beach. You know, they, they had, it was, it was separate. We don't have that today, but they had at least context for the horrors of war. And they understood completely the difference between World War II and Vietnam. And they did not take kindly to being thrown into that, as you put it, meat grinder. Because I think it was, I think it was something that was uh, real to them beyond the fact that they were going because they grew up with the horrors of war being shared with them by their parents or uncles or whoever. Well, I mean, to put a to put a modern pop culture spin on it, I would just like you said the 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 Civil War took decades to build up to that point. I would say the 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 change that came about with the ending of the draft, getting out of Vietnam, was a two decade process to get to that. Was going through two wars where we're going, why the fuck are we here? But then I think we had, you know, like they say in Game of Thrones, you know, winter's coming. Yeah. Well, the the 80s and the 90s, for the most part, where it was summertime, and then winter showed up on 9-11-2001, and we ain't been out of it since. And there's no clearing. The clouds aren't clearing as far as far in any direction as we can look, because this shit ain't going to fucking end. This is this goes back to, once again, it, 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 the, the lack of knowledge of history. Go look at Eisenhower's last address to the nation. He warned us of exactly this, perpetual war underneath the military-industrial complex. What war are we in now, though? What, how are you applying this now, though? Afghanistan, the war on terror. We have, boots in it, we have boots on the ground training rebels because we're doing the same thing that we used to do in the 80s right. with the Taliban. Oh, well, you're fighting the Russians? We'll train you. We'll supply you. Okay, well, you've got the Russians out of Afghanistan. Now here's $5 million after we've dropped literally a billion into your country to just, for you to run the, the Russians out. Here's $5 million to rebuild your country. And I, I guess like, wait what, a minute. What I'm missing is the connection, though, that you're, you're, you're maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm misunderstanding this, but it seems to me that you're making a, a connection between Vietnam and, say, Iraq or Afghanistan today. The difference it's, being, the disconnect that I'm seeing, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, is that I don't remember the last time we had reports of people dying in Afghanistan. Well, maybe Afghanistan, but certainly not Iraq. We don't really have a full-fledged active war going on right now as we did probably five years ago. We wage wars in different ways than we did back then. We wage guerrilla warfare that we're never going to hear about in the news. Well, that's never that. We've always done that. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Go United Post- Post World War, post World War Two, especially, yeah. because that's when we found out. Oh, this is war that could propel us to be a world power. Yeah. The war machine. Oh, there's plenty of money to be made off of that. Yeah, there, I don't see a difference between the guerrilla warfare and the 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 subs, uh, uh, subterfuge, however you want to look at it, or international global political interference that we're running now between 
like El Salvador, Nicaragua, Guatemala, particularly Guatemala. I don't I don't see a difference. I I, I don't see how that's either ratcheted up or slowed down. I think that's been a constant since at least at least since World War Two. So I, I guess I don't what I what I, I guess I'm not seeing is the difference. One, we're not we're not drafting people and forcing them to go fight. Right. That's what that was an actual war where you had body counts on the news every night and you had friends dying in war. We don't have that today. Two, we have perfected the ability to save lives at the cost of limbs. People, more people come back injured and fucked up, either mentally or physically, from war these days than they come back in a coffin. That's because, gun. I'm not saying that wasn't that way before, but when you have 50,000 dead in Vietnam and we have, what, what's the body count stand in Iraq for the U.S.? Like 6,000, 8,000, something like that. Exactly. Now, how, now, now look at the wounded numbers. Yeah. Now we're talking five digits. What were they in Vietnam? A lot of those guys died. A lot of those guys didn't survive. That's the problem. Right, right. So combine the the two figures. (laughs) You see see what I'm saying? No, I got you. It's just, we use our military the same as we always have. We just pretty it up and call it a different, we we just give it a different slant to it. We used to say, you know, we're fighting communism, and it's your duty to go over there and fight for your country. Now it's like, well, you know, we're fighting terrorism, and if you love your country, you'll go fight for your country. And then where do you, half these kids ended up in Afghanistan protecting poppy fields. And then, you know, surprise, 18 years later, here we sit with the biggest opioid e- epidemic we've ever had in this country, and we wonder why. Can you connect when 90%, when 90% of the world's poppy and opium is produced in Afghanistan, Draw and me it's still there. Draw me a tangible line between the Afghani poppy fields and uh, Pfizer, predict, uh, doctors prescribing opioids for pain. 90% of the world, the, the, the supply in the world that, of poppy that is turned into these drugs comes from Afghanistan. Is that a That's, direct link, though? Is that something that can, be, that can actually be shown, that there's a link between those poppy fields and Pfizer? As much as there's a direct link between what we were doing in the 70s and 80s in South America and the influx of cocaine in this country. Okay. I mean, I, I can't name names. I'm not privy to that. But, uh, yes, I understand that you can go, well, there's no direct link. Okay, well, theoretical physics is an did, did elephant can dangle off a cliff by a dandelion. That doesn't mean it's fucking true. Right. right. Well, there was supposed to be when we invaded Iraq, we were supposed to get our hands on all the oil. And I, I never saw one piece of evidence. I know I, I remember the signs when I was in New York City in 2003. No blood, no for, blood oil. for oil. Yeah. I don't remember ever seeing any benefit coming to the U.S. from those oil fields in Iraq. Right. So it's hard for me. Well, it, I, I just I, I'm, I'm not discounting what you're saying and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I would love to see the direct line. Just something tangible to make the theory See think, or factual that the poppy see the, the poppy fields are finding their way into Pfizer's hands. Well, where are they going then? Probably staying right where they always were. That's what they did with the oil, the black market. I don't know. I, yeah, I think we always try and look for what's the angle on this. What's the upside? What are they? What are they really after? Are they after the oil? Or are they after you know? Well, Rich nailed it. It's the military-industrial complex. Rich nailed that right on the head. It's weapons right. production. Right. That's that's what it is. Like all of that, even if that were true, that's peanuts compared to what they're making off of just war profiteering. Yeah. How much does a cruise missile cost? You fire one, you need another one. Guys, there's one thing and you're just forgetting like we here. Privatized no one's gonna, it. No one's going to leave a dollar on the table if there's a dollar to be made. 
Just because they don't make as much as the military-industrial complex doesn't mean that there's not people sitting at the top of corporations going, how can I exploit this situation to put more money in my pocket? I just want to see how. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I've not seen anything that says that that's happening, just as I never saw any drop of oil come from Iraq and find its way into Exxon's hands. But at the same time... I agree with you, Rich, but I think it's a secondary issue. You know, if you didn't have... If if war wasn't so profitable, we wouldn't have so much of it, and these other vultures wouldn't be able to swoop in and take advantage of the situation. Well, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at, hold on, God damn it, United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, last year's record opium production in Afghanistan threatened sustainable development, latest survey reveals... Etc. Etc. They go on. I thought one of the standard lines, though, of uh, one of the uh, campaigns in Afghanistan, at least, was to destroy poppy fields. Now, again, that could be just rhetoric, but I thought that that was one of the things that they were trying to achieve or address was the destruction of opium. Uh, well, all I can go by on that is people that were there for firsthand accounts, and they were told constantly, "These are people that served over there. We're not here. To, we're not here to." to and these are just the foot boots on the ground, NCOs, you know, yeah. enlisted men. This isn't high-level shit. We're not here to take away these people's means to make a living. Now, what they would probably say is, we're over there to keep the, to keep the fact that you can get opium and poppy-wielding and harvested plants over there. We're here to keep it out of the Taliban or any other terrorist organization's right. hands so they don't profit off it. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're here to do. But Maybe meanwhile, that's where I got it from. Yeah. Meanwhile, if... What do you think is happening to all that, that, that they're just burning fields, that there are going to be people that are sitting there going, do you know how much money we're, we're, we're literally putting a flame to? We, we, could, we could turn this into so many different variants of drugs and flood the market with them. And there's, there's clamoring for them all over Western society. Just, we're, the problem with a lot of this, the, the, the opium epidemic here in America is we're American, so we can't, a lot of times, see past our own fucking nose. We think, oh, man, we have it bad. This is a problem that's happening all over Western society. There, this, is not a, this is not just an issue that's happening here in America or in Ohio or in the inner city. This is happening to middle-class people. I mean, when you have drug dealers cutting heroin with fentanyl because it's cheaper than cutting it with baby laxative... What does that tell you? Yeah. That tells you that there's a problem. There is way too much fucking product that comes from opium on the market to the point where it's cheaper to use that to cut drugs than it is to use fucking tra- the traditional things to cut drugs. I mean, it's, that was one of the things that made me for the first couple of years I started hearing about all these overdoses. And I've buried six people in the last seven years that I knew from some form of opiate o- overdose, whether it be heroin or prescription pills. And one of the things that, I, that made me go, no, nah, that's guy, that can't be right, is when I heard that, yeah, they're dying from the fentanyl they're cutting the heroin with. Right. And in my mind, I'm going, who the fuck cuts heroin with a drug that's more expensive than heroin? <laughs> Until I went to the motherfuckers on the street, and they're like, that shit is, I can't take a piss without bumping my nut on some fucking fentanyl. Are you kidding me? It's in patches. It's in pill form. Shit, I had friends that were chewing the patches to get the fucking <laughs> shit out of it. I mean, literally sticking a patch in her mouth and chewing it. And I was like, it's like that? I had no idea. And I mean, this, where was this when we were teenagers? No, I'd never heard of this. Never. The heroin was like something that, uh, <laughs> you, you know, Led Zeppelin had fun with. Yeah, that was you know the I mean? Reed and them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this was not a thing when I was a kid. 
even when I was in my 20s, I never, ever heard, you early in my 30s. I mean, this is like the last 15 years, 10, 15 years. Fentanyl yeah, wasn't right. that big. Fentanyl well, wasn't I, that big 20 years ago. It was Vicodins. Right. You know, fentanyl I mean, makes I, Vicodins I, look like Tic Tacs. I read Burroughs when I was in high school, but that seemed like a whole different world. I didn't think that people still even did heroin at that time. Yeah, I thought this was something from the like the seventies. Yeah, what was right. the, what was the Dandy Warhol Hull song? I never thought you'd be a junkie because heroin was so passe. Like they were, you had you had groups goofing on it. Like really, you're a junkie in the nineties? What's wrong with you? Like it, it was, seriously, it's like smoking crack in the two thousands. There's meth. What are you doing with crack? Right. We've we've graduated to bigger and better drugs. I mean, it's just. I find it hard to believe, and I understand what you're saying, Todd, because I can't give you concrete things. I would have to go back. At one point, I had, I really delved into this subject because it hit close to home with with a lot of people in my life, and I really delved into this subject, and I could have given you names, and I could have given you dates, and I could have given you leaks of information that came from this agency or this agency or, you know, whatever, or Blackwater, et cetera, et cetera, the private armies that are over there. I could, I could have done all that. It, multi... Molten hops and bong resin has clouded my mind. I would have to go back and dig through it. But I just, at the same time, I cannot believe these people who will step over a dying person just to make one more fucking red cent are going to leave that much money on the table if they're given the opportunity to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe that's that cynicism that you're talking about. Maybe I need to go crawl in my cave and be, and be a cynic by myself. <laughs> yeah. Try to climb out of it. But, but <laughs> Rich, when you put it the way that you do, it does kind of point out the, the major irony there that, you know, we went over to another country because there were terrorists there. We were told there were terrorists there that wanted to kill Americans, right? They already killed Americans, thousands of Americans. And yet we let them continue to produce a drug that would go on to kill many more Americans. Exactly. Way more well, I mean, it, 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 there is an aspect to this, too, that if we're over there, are we trying to be the ONDCP of Afghanistan? No, yeah, I can appreciate that. You know, it's, I mean, if you want to start telling them how they can, you know, what crops they can grow and, uh, and who they can sell it to, well, then you're essentially just literally taking over the country, right? Shit, man, we can't even, we is, can't even get our own war on drugs under control. How are we supposed to do that in some other country? But see, let's be honest. Do you really think they want it under control or they just want controlled chaos? Just enough to con- so we can keep filling these for-profit prisons, so we can keep giving, have an excuse to militarize the police. I mean, you, not, we, we, I don't we, disagree we, with any of that. I don't disagree with any of that. I mean, we we should, not, we should, we're, not, we're not putting Afghanistan, Afghani poppy growers in prison. They're not, they're not a revenue source for us. No, but it's not that hard to, to walk up and say, hey, guess what? You're going to give us our cut, and we're going to let you do this. And by the way, for every, every, every bit that hits the black market, you're going to sell a little bit more to the legitimate market, and we're going to go ahead and send that to Pfizer no, to, to work on a new version of a, of what a, you're a saying, horse drug. To, to a degree, what you're saying makes a whole lot of sense. It does. I'm not, I'm not saying, again, I think I said it four times. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I would love to see something beyond the speculation. I'd love to see some dots connected so we could see that. Well, I mean, I, 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 can, I can start digging up stuff again and sending it, it to Do you. It. Because yeah. it's, it's a, it, it really what it is, is there's nothing really different than what happened with cocaine 
and the the whole cocaine cowboys and 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 the, you know all that crap. It's it's just it's different players in a different part of the world, and they found a way to hide it better than they've ever done. Explain it's, this to me. If you're going to make the if you're going to use the Pablo Escobar example down in Colombia, why are uh, coca fields being burnt? Why is Pablo Escobar dead? That, to be honest with you, I don't know enough about the subject. I know that he was a walking contradiction in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. As horrible of a, as, as a person he was, he was also his country's biggest... Uh, 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 no, shit. Once again, Walton Hobson. Philanthropist. Thank you. <laughs> Bob. Yeah. Apparently, apparently that, stroke, that cocaine-induced stroke I had in my 30s is starting to affect my memory. Um, but no, I... I I, I can't give you all the details, and I'm and, I, and, and, and that's where I have to walk up to the line and go. I can't do it. Any, I, I, if any further speculation, and it's not right when you're going. I want you to connect dots. I can't do it at this point in time. Right. I'm just what I'm what I'm what I'm saying. You made a comparison between cocaine and heroin in Afghanistan. You made a direct, you drew a direct parallel there. So what I mean, and what I meant was as far as the U.S.'s involvement in getting those drugs where they want them to go. Maybe I didn't make myself clear. Maybe that's, that point is still obtuse. I don't know. But that's, what I, that's where I was, that's what I was saying. I mean, is, there, mm-hmm. is it, does anyone here have any doubt that the CIA was running drugs at one point out of South America into our own country? I mean, honestly, with okay. all the stuff that's out there with the Freedom of Information Act, all the leaks that have okay. happened over the last 30 decades, or not, 30, three decades. You're not wrong, though. But again, what I'm saying is that something happened at some point where the CIA started going down there and burning coca fields. I mean, it's a big, it's a big controversy. The people are still pissed off about that down in Colombia. I heard it firsthand. The CIA came down here and started burning our crops. So I'm not saying that that didn't happen, but if that, something changed at some point, at least in South America, so why would they then apply that same model, in, I guess, in Afghanistan? If you're going to go down there and you're going to put forth all the effort to kill Escobar, you're going to put forth all of the effort to burn coca fields to stop the influx of cocaine, or at least the out-of-control influx of cocaine, maybe that's, the, maybe that's the key. Maybe he was making too much money they weren't. I don't know. I mean, isn't that the... Uh, maybe that's where the drug companies like come in. They have, they have yeah. lobbyists. They can say, hey, maybe just leave the poppy fields alone. We have use for this. Well, I mean, isn't isn't that what brought? Isn't that ultimately one of the things that happened with with Frank Lewis or Frank Lucas? You know, he went to the source himself over in 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 uh, Vietnam, brought the shit in himself. He bypassed how the mafia was doing it, how other organized crime people were doing it, and so not only did he have a target on his back from the American government. But he had a target on his back from people who had a vested interest in taking his black ass out. Right. Because how dare this movie come in and take a cut of my shit? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's one of the things, if, if you know the story of, of, of Frank Lucas, a lot of it was, they, the reason he got away with it so long is because they couldn't believe that a quote-unquote street thug was running the shit he was running. They, they thought they were looking for some Italian guy somewhere. Meanwhile, the mafia at that point had been like, hey, look, motherfuckers with the mandatory minimums in 20 years, you get caught in the RICO Act, leave that shit alone. Because one person goes down and half a family ends up in prison. I mean, it was that, that, 
I mean, if you've read, if you've read Goodfellas, if you've read a lot of Nicholas Pileggi, that is not bullshit. There was like death sentences. You get caught doing this shit, we will kill you. The feds are the least of your concern. Right. And the feds were still operating on the outdated model that it was the mafia moving this this shit in. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's it's you find it you find in new and better ways to work around the law, and the law has to catch up. And my thing is i've <laughs> i don't have much faith in the fact that a lot of people who work in in law enforcement not maybe not a lot but a good number of people who work in law enforcement a good people number of people who are high up in in government organizations are just criminals with badges yeah they just found a way to legitimize their antisocial behavior because they hide behind a badge and do it no they're politicians <laughs> same thing I, exactly. I mean, like I said, we are now in the we are in the age of no knock warrants, where they kick open a door and they just start shooting. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you can have a fucking Pomeranian, and they're going to sm- smear that across the nearest wall with a scatter rifle. Radley Belko has a seminal book that, if uh, right up your alley, I, I know you'll love this book, Rich. Called uh, "Rise of the Warrior Cop," and it's all about that. Nixon's war on drugs, the rise of the SWAT teams, paramilitary, p- local police forces. You know, little tiny towns in West Michigan basically getting tanks. Yeah, <laughs> Westland yeah. has one. Westland, yeah. ha- Westland has an APC. What yep. the fuck does Westland need an APC for? Well, they're surplus. Right. It's it's the military-industrial complex <laughs> applied. Is Dearborn get sassy? <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna raid the beaches of Dearborn Heights. <laughs> I mean, yeah, really, I mean, you want to you want to you want to talk logic? Why not apply the military-industrial complex to local law enforcement? Get away, get around uh, Posse Comitatus. With uh, where you can quarter the military, just calling it law enforcement. Oh, absolutely! I have a friend who who's a police officer, and he he shared a meme that I, literally I had to bite my tongue to save a friendship of twenty plus years because it was it said why do we need and then it showed SWAT gear and riot gear and then it showed people throwing bottles and rocks at the police. Right. That's why we really you need a tank because someone's throwing a. I'm sorry, what are you, the IDF? Are you afraid a rock's going to fuck you up when you were sitting there in body armor? When you're firing bullets in the crowds and they're throwing rocks in bottles? Yeah. You need that? Really? I mean, it, and I'm just, I'm just thinking, I just wanted to type two words, Kent State, and leave it at that and just watch the shitstorm start, but I didn't want to lose that friendship. Because I know when he's... Once again, I can see both sides. I know what he's talking about. He worked in a bad area. He buried three of his, his, his fellow police officers in the span of a couple of years. So he said, I can't do this anymore. And he went to a, a, a v- very much more, I'm not going to say Mayberry, but close, closer to Mayberry than New Jack City. Let's put it that way. All right. And that's where he went and that's where he works now. All right. So from his point of view, he's trying to explain what he goes through. But at the same time, you know, one of the things he's told me for years and years is at the end of the day, our job is just to get home. I said that four years ago on this show, and Aaron goes, that's bullshit. And it kind of took me aback. I said, what do you mean? He goes, that's not their job. Their job is to protect and serve. Their job is not to go home at any cost, including the citizens they're protecting and serving's rights and lives. Yeah. And yeah, then I still you, stand by that. I, I agree with that. And I, you absolutely made me rethink his statement. And I'm like, that's one of those things. If I if I, when I see him and we're face to face talking, that way it's not over the internet because we all know how that goes. I might bring up to him. But I mean, when I when 
I don't think you were on the show when that guy in Arizona got shot in that hotel and the cop was telling him to crawl towards him and get up on his knees and get down and you do that again, I'm going to kill you. There's pictures of that cop sitting there in full-on body armor, police department body armor, with the fucking Punisher symbol spray painted on it. That's not a person we need to be a police officer. You want to be a fucking murderer like that? Because that's basically what you want to be. Go join the military. Go join Blackwater. You're a mercenary at that point. Exactly. You're not a police officer. You damn sure aren't a peace officer. (laughs) I mean, and once again, you look at how all this stuff is connected. You know, we use the drug war as an excuse to fill up the prisons. We turn the prisons from from private to for-profit. They now run at anywhere between 96 and 98% capacity at any moment. And one fed into the other, which fed into the other, which fed into the other. And then you get inside the prisons and you see prisoners making stuff for American companies for you know, 12 cents an hour. And these companies turn around and selling it for hundreds of dollars. Something that costs them literally five, six dollars to produce. And, and you just see all the, and you know, I see all this and I go, this is, this is what I worry about more than people's pronouns. I'm sorry someone mis- mislabeled you because you have a full beard and you want to be called a female. Okay. But is that, in, in the grand scheme of things, is this really what we're worried about? No. You, most people are not assholes to the point where if you go, hey, sir, excuse me, I'm a female. Okay, oh, my bad, ma'am. End of story. There's no need to march. There's no need for Antifa to get out there and start shoving garbage cans back and forth. Well, you, you oh. jump in my face with full, off, full offense. I'll probably call you a man out of, just out of spite at that point. Uh, Yes, that's the see. That's the problem. You have people yeah. who think they're fighting some sort of holy war, almost. Right. And it's like there are bigger and there are bigger and more important battles to be fought in this country mm-hmm. before it gets too far out of hand. And right. I'm afraid we are too far out of hand. Our government is completely out of pocket. Completely, they do whatever they want with impunity. Every once in a while, when someone sticks their hand in the wrong person's pocket, we send them to prison. That's really the biggest crime you can do once you reach a certain level of success in this country is to take from the wrong person or, excuse me, not pay your taxes. Get caught not paying them. Then we'll throw your ass in prison, too. I mean, think about it. We've had conversations like this years ago about how these CEOs who run companies into the ground over and over again, they never pay a price for it. They continue to fail up or become president. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's there you go. There you go. Chris, you'll get this one. Here we go. 2024, Dave Brandon for president, Republican Party. There you go. Yeah. Dominoes. Dominoes, Michigan, and Toys R Us into the ground. (laughs) Yep. But he'll be a a great president, won't he? Because we need a businessman in there. (laughs) Sorry. This is is like when it comes to to the prison system, the treatment of, of prisoners in this country when it comes to the, the reason we imprison people in this country. This is something that just, I have. Well, you're not ever going to get an argument with me out of me as far as that goes. I understand, but a lot of people are like, it's like, oh, why are you talking about it? You can't do anything about it. All right, well, then why are we talking about any of this shit? Because you can't really do anything about any of this shit if that's your attitude. Yeah. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying, you know, I. No, I know what you mean. So what I, do we do about it? We can't do anything about Jamie Foxx handing out mushroom stamps, but we still talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at least some humor from the Me Too movement. So, so we now know how big of a codpiece his spawn has to have. Apparently, 
One big enough to slap oh. a chick in the face with his limp dick. Can I tell you guys? Same way you will about Jamie Foxx. Like you got to admit he's talented. So if he's going to abuse somebody, it's still going to be funny. <laughs> I mean, how much I abuse look up, is it? Come I on, look how, up to the man. How much abuse is it to have your your face close enough to that cock? What did he do? Is he like an, a cock ninja? He can whip that shit out without anybody seeing it and get it close enough to smack you in the face, or is it big enough well, that, where he's doing it from across the room? Well, no, that's the that's kind of the fishiness of this story. Is yeah. there apparently was already some uh, activity cock content yeah. contact going on? I oh, so wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so the cock was out for other reasons, and he was just like, while it's out, I'm going to slap you with it. Did well, she, she apparently, is it, did she in say the middle it? of it, decided she wasn't into it, so he hit her with his dick. <laughs> That's the story. Oh, God. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You remember Warren, right, Chris? Yes. Yeah, I, I have a, a the quick, really quick story just to give you an idea where we are, and this has happened in the last couple of years, okay? Uh, when I was at the station here, in town, uh, probably 2002, I had a video camera, brand new video camera. I took it everywhere and I started filming stuff. And I was taking it around the radio station, filming our overnight guy, uh, just to kind of, you know, almost like taking pictures, right? But with a video camera, before phones and all that shit. And we had a uh, girl on her first gig uh, at a radio station. She was interning. She was learning how to run the board and all that. And she was always in the studio after I got off the air at midnight. She'd come in and she'd sit in with this guy and kind of run the board and try to learn all the, all the, uh, ins and outs of doing a live show. And while I had the camera out, the guy from the top 40 station next door comes over in the studio and starts talking about his cock. I got a huge cock. I mean, a rooster, not my dick. <laughs> anyway, was that Nick? No. It was after Nick. Ah, this was Ray. Gotcha. And uh, anyway, the conversation keeps going and going and going. And this chick had a really great sense of humor. I mean, you could talk to her like a dude, right? She was awesome. And uh, she's like sitting there. She, uh, I think she said uh, something like, you ever give anyone a mushroom stamp? And Ray's like, no, what's that? And she's like, yeah, it's where you take your junk or you take your dick and you smack it on a chick's face and you leave a mushroom stamp. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, you want me to give you a mushroom stamp? Blah, blah, blah. I have all this on tape. Okay, I have it on video. It's funny as hell. It's hilarious. It's like a little time capsule of live radio in the early 2000s, right? I used to post it every now and then to my radio friends. It's on YouTube. doesn't have a link or anything. Nobody can see it unless I send the link to people. I almost did that for this dude's birthday last week, and I got to thinking to myself, holy shit. Mm-hmm. That could be construed because she was not in a position of power, and the other two were. As harassment. That's how things have changed. I had no qualms about posting that thing for the last 10 years up until last week. And now it's like I feel like I have to keep that thing under wraps because, oh, my God, somebody could take this the wrong way. Both of those two other two guys are working still. You know, if somebody got their hands on it, they could be out it, of a job. It's not even worth risking it. No. It's Who knows what's going to set somebody off? Nobody was offended. Nobody was being harassed. It was just a nasty-ass conversation. But if you want to look at it through that agenda prism, you could probably twist it that way. It's pathetic. One of the things I've been told by some, some friends of mine and a few fellow coworkers is if there's any back and forth with a coworker of the opposite sex or the same sex if they're gay, and it might get a little blue, that they don't erase those conversations anymore. And I'm like, so is this to protect you? And most of the time it's, it's yeah, it's like, you know, 
if, 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 you know, they, I have a friend, he's pretty tight with a female he works with. She sent him an off colored meme. He sent her one. Now it's just, you know, and I mean, there's no one's claiming harassment on either side. Right. But, but he's like, I'm not erasing that because she sent it first. I have a digital record that can be backed up by the phone company and their records that this was started on her end. And at no point did she say that offended me. You, I feel assaulted or whatever. Stop, you know, any of that. Right. Don't send me anything else. And I'm like, that's, that's where we're at. And, you know, the sad part is that is exactly where we're at. That is exactly where we're at. We're at the point to where <laughs> if a female who's intoxicated offers herself up to me and I say no, and she starts making some weird, you know, noises, I'm hitting record on my phone going, uh-uh, that's fucked up. I mean, as, think about that. Yeah, but, I mean, but then you're the creep who recorded all of his sexual activity. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about sexual activity. I'm not talking about sexual activity. I'm talking about if, 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 if someone who is intoxicated and who cannot legally give consent offers it up to another person, and that person says no, and then, and then the person who offered it up gets offended, and that person who said no starts recording because you're not going to accuse me of some shit that didn't happen, then I, as fucked up as that is, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Growing up, we've all been rebuked. We've all been told by a chick, no, I don't think so, sorry. I, I don't, we, you got your vibes crossed or something. It's the end of it. It's the end of it, you know. No one needs to record anything. No one needs to take notes. We don't need to have, you know, a stenographer in the corner. Uh-huh. Nowadays, I feel like, yeah, you kind of do. I, I really do. I, I, I would hate to be a teenager, young 20-something these days. Because unless someone does go above and beyond to cover their ass in these ways that we would consider just silly 10, 15 years ago, you leave yourself open for a whole lot of bullshit. whole lot of bullshit. Yeah. Well, Rich, do you remember that uh, we, we watched that uh, the special on Netflix? What was it? Uh, the Seth Rogen one. Oh, yeah. The comedy for, it's for right. Alzheimer's research. I can't remember the exact and, name. And there's a little was bit. Was that awful? Because I've heard like zero word of mouth on that. And it's, it's been on Netflix for a while. It has some parts are awful. Like I, whoever that chick was that was their closer that just went up and told the story about how she met Beyonce was like horrible. There was moments like that, but there are some really good uh, bits in there. Yeah, and one of them's from Michael Che. Is that his name? The the guy who's what he's now the host of uh, Daily Show. No, oh, no, he's uh, doing the weekend deal? update. Weekend update. Yes, thank you. I was I was getting him confused. So he's on weekend update, right? And he tells a story about going to a bar and having this gay guy hit on him and buying him drinks. And he's accepting the drinks. And the bartender's like, That guy is buying you drinks because he wants you to fuck him. And and Michael Jay's like, I yeah, I get that. I totally understand that, and I know that I'm not going to fuck him, so I'm going to continue to drink his drinks. <laughs> I'm doing what most of the women in this bar are doing. Right. He, do, he never gets into that. He never, he never mentions a woman's perspective, but everybody knows what the story is really about, I think. And it, he's like, this is a challenge. you know. But uh, he thinks that he can get enough drinks into me that I'm going to 
turn gay, and I think that that can't happen. <laughs> yeah. Also, one of the punchlines is that if there is a number of drinks that will make him gay, he wants to know exactly what it is so he can go to the bar and be like, give me eight drinks and no more. Because <laughs> the line is six, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, it, again, he doesn't, he, he doesn't get into uh, what women might go through. And there is a different dynamic there of... Sometimes there's an issue of fear because it's just, you know, the, this guy is intimidating because he could physically overpower you. So there's there's other factors that, that come into it for women, I'm sure. But I, I think from most modern women's perspective, that was harassment. And, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that this guy was trying to get me drunk so he could fuck me. And most men are probably thinking, I can't believe that you thought that any guy that was buying you drinks in the bar didn't want to fuck you. Yeah. Well, that's that, that's that, uh, and, and, and not, not narcissistic isn't the right term. It's that, uh, self-absorbed. <laughs> it's a Diaz. Yeah. Kind of like, well, I, of course they want to buy me drinks because I'm such a great person to be around. And I tell I tell such funny stories, and it's like no, we don't even hear intellectually that. dishonest and denying biology. Like, I never, I never heard half the words coming out of your mouth. I just picked up cues and when to laugh. Patrice O'Neill said it best. Because you know what I've never heard when there's a bunch of guys out at the bar. You know what would make this party better if my girl was here. <laughs> she is funny as a motherfucker. She tells great stories. Can shoot pool. Is a great wingman. No, you never hardly, you never hear that, period. No. And it's like, that's, that's the thing. Like, you, doing, doing the, the show with Rye has, and, and just being friends with him for as long as I have has really opened my eyes to how much of this bullshit is in the gay community. Because it's interesting because the gay community, you don't have the automatic victim because of someone's gender. Like if you if you if you roll up into a scene and there's a a guy standing there and a girl crying acting like she's terrified you automatically know who the victim is, period. I mean that's just that's 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 ninety percent of people are gonna walk up and go what did you do to her? That's that's just how the world is. You walk up and two guys are sitting there and you know you can tell they've been going at it. It's not 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 quite as easy. So there's a lot of like a lot of the well. I gave consent, but then the next day I regretted it and this and that. And you see what really happens when you take the automatic victim role out of the situation. You get people who go, well, what proof do you have? Mm -hmm. You're making the accusation. The burden of proof lies with you. Right. It is not my job to prove I am innocent. It is your job to prove I am guilty. Right. There's also a lot more dissecting of like what led up to this point. What were you wearing? Where were you going? How were you behaving? What is your behavior normally? Do you sleep around a lot? Mm-hmm. All these things can, can be used to discredit a person. And go well, look. He, even if it was rape, you put yourself in that situation. But that, but and once again, to me, maybe to some people that matters. And to the law, if you go by the letter of the law, it does not matter how bad of a per- situation a person put themselves. No one deserved to be raped. And I mean, that's just that should go without having to, that should go without having to be said. But in today's world, you can't. You have to clarify everything. Mm-hmm. So let's clarify that. 
But at the same time, it's just the fact that they will go, what proof do you have? They will question the story. Whereas when you have the automatic role of I am a victim simply because I'm a female and he's bigger than me and he can intimidate me. (sighs) Well, it's it's the abandonment of the rule of law, innocent until proven guilty. When you have an automatic victim, you're guilty until proven. You have to prove you didn't do something in that case. I got to tell you, man, you know, I'm, I'm getting old. And <laughs> I, I'm afraid that if we were to retroactively prosecute and accuse everybody of this crime or this misdeed, the entire decade almost of the 80s and 90s would be in jail or unhirable at this point. Oh, shit. You can keep going back right. farther. Yeah. I, I, that's, I told I'm you off air that the I'm only time that I assaulted my I friend was in tequila. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there is an element to that. When I was growing up, and I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, I'm just saying this is how it was, all right? There was an element of how the hell did you get yourself put in that position? How There was an element of re- personal responsibility from a female standpoint as well. If you're drunk and you wind up having sex with someone, how did you, you, you put yourself in that situation where you lost control of yourself? There is an element of personal responsibility there. And that's... Completely devoid now. You're, it's like the old drunk driving thing. I didn't really do it. Right. I'm not responsible for my actions because I was drunk. Yeah. So, oh, well, you go off and kill a, whole, a family full of kids because you're driving the car. Well, the alcohol made you do it, right? Well, it's said it, and I know with this example, it's, I am still I goes am, to jail forever. <laughs> yeah, I know with this example, I am treading on very sh- uh, sketchy ground here. But I mean, like, you know, the most recent example with Bill Cosby. You know, it's what do you what do you think he wanted? You going up to, to you go up to anybody's room at two in the morning? What do you think is going to happen? It's not applicable you, because there's there's a drug involved that they didn't know about. If you're willingly intoxicating yourself, there's a difference. He used a there. weapon. No, I, yeah, you can you can no, go up yes, to Bill Cosby's room and want to fuck him, and if you get drugged and he then has sex with you, that's still rape. Yeah, no, not disputing that, but we're talking about putting yourself in a situation. You go up to any guy's room at two in the morning. Yeah, okay. you're, what are you asking? To be drugged? You're asking to be drugged if you go up to a guy's room at two in the morning. No, now you're conflating. No, wait a minute. No, I'm talking about okay. situational awareness. What, Chris, 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 you, Chris. You just picked a bad example, man. Pick somebody else. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Mike Tyson, just I, not I, him. I, I, I qualified myself at the beginning. I wasn't a great example. <laughs> Mike, Find Chris, Chris, Mike Tyson. <laughs> the, the the beauty pageant that he that he raped according to the law. He invited her up to her room, his room, like three in the morning. He or whatever. raped a whole beauty pageant. Iron Mike. Well, I mean, I don't Sorry, know. You said, what did, no, you <laughs> must have been literal. Huh? <laughs> did you mean like a beauty pageant winner? The beauty pageant contestant that he, invited, that he invited up to his room at like three, four in the morning and raped according to the, his conviction. Now, here's 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 where we get into intellectual dishonesty okay oh well you mean he wasn't interested in my mind at 3 30 in the morning he didn't want to hear my thoughts on you know the the last episode of mash why why not that's that toxic masculinity he just he wants me for sex oh that's disgusting really it's if that's disgusting is it any more disgusting than a woman putting on an outfit with half her titties hanging out Doing up her makeup, going to a bar, 
and sitting there and turning guys away until once she finds attractive comes up and offers to buy her a drink. Yeah. I, I, to me, it comes. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. You just you can't have these conversations anymore because it, this 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 Me Too third wave feminism has removed all responsibility from them. Exactly. Yeah. And has allowed them. It has infanticized them. It has made them fucking children incapable of doing anything. It has done the exact opposite of empowering them. That's exactly right. I mean, you want these super women. They want to be the. They want to be seen as the superior gender, right? But they can't take personal responsibility for themselves and their own actions and putting themselves in situations when they know better. You're supposed to treat the superior gender like an infant, protecting them from every possible scenario to where they don't have any personal responsibility for where they are and what they're doing, how drunk they're getting, whatever. You don't, they don't have that sort of accountability. How are you, how are you the superior gender, ladies? If you can't even take care of yourself, if you've got to uh, contract that out, how are you superior? Help me out here. Here's what I don't understand. It's not that hard. It's just it would take true cohesion and unity with women. Just fucking no. The pussy supply is cut off until we get every fucking demand we want. Well, that takes away their biggest weapon. I, I, but, but that's what I'm saying. It, it's what is it? That, that Spike Lee movie that just happened, uh, Chirac. Apparently, that was the. I, I did not see it. I'm just going by a few reviews I've heard and, and articles I read. That was the premise of the movie: is that to stop the, the the violence in Chicago, women were like loving full on embargo. You ain't getting shit, nothing until the violence stops. That was the premise of the movie. You yeah. think that's going to make people be less aggressive? Good but for the hooker see, business. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? I mean, it's yeah. this isn't an idea that's not being, you know, foisted into the, the pop culture mindset. And it's not an idea that is far from what you hear on the, you know, the Internet in certain corners of the Internet with the more radical feminist. You know, hey, men only want one thing. Take that one thing away from them. And they're absolutely useless. They just turn into slaves. It'll do whatever we tell them. And you just have to ration out the pussy smartly. Now think about that. Think about it. Think how callous, think how cold and calculated that statement is. And reverse the sexes. And I don't know any woman that would be cool with that. Hmm. Well, all you got to do to control a woman is ration out the money because that's all they give a shit about. So you make the bitch your slave and then you just pay her enough just to keep her on the hook. That's what pimps do. Okay, and rightfully so, they're fucking enraged when they're fucking when if they heard that. But I mean, it's not that it's over dick and went right to money. I mean, honestly, what do you want me to say? I mean, it's like a woman goes, "Ah, I haven't had any in such a long time. Why? That's my question. Why? That's true. All you have to do is show interest if you're a woman. Go to a bar at one thirty. Go, hey, I would like some dick. You, you, you get a line, one of those, take a number things from the yeah get one of those take a number things from the deli and people have their resumes out for it. I mean, and 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 you know maybe the currency isn't necessarily money itself, literally you know currency. Maybe it's attention. Maybe it's validation. Maybe it's uh, you know whatever it is, whatever what whatever they're seeking is. You have the means to get it. And then you want to act like, well, 
that none of this is none of this. I'm not responsible for any of this. This is this is all the patriarchy. This is all men's fault. This is all this and this. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really. Yeah. What is what is any species soul? What is any species prime drive to keep the species going? To fucking keep the species going. All right. Period. Yeah, I know that we've evolved beyond that. We're not the you know, Neanderthals and run around in the Serengeti somewhere, knocking women out and dragging them from cave to cave. Okay, I understand all that. But that still is a very deeply embedded instinctual drive on, in both sexes. And it, it, if you're a woman and you know that if you get pregnant and you chose the wrong man to impregnate you, that you're going to be left on your own to raise that child... What are you looking for then? Not only are you looking for a good man to procreate with, you're looking for a man who a provider. can a provider. provide. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's one 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 little problem though. I don't know if it's a problem, but the last 15 years it it adds at least a wrinkle to the theory that you know withholding pussy is going to be the ultimate weapon, and that's that's porn because there are a lot of relationships and a lot of marriages that have been destroyed because their sex lives dry up. And this is from the female perspective, because their men are addicted to internet porn. There's an outlet. Well, that's how come you have such hatred for porn from such, from, oh, yeah. from certain, from certain you know, groups of women, because yeah. you're taking my power away from me. Exactly. Oh, well. That's, well, that's, that's what I'm saying, though. That, that's the one thing where the Spike Lee movie, I think it was Spike Lee you said, yeah, that's the thing that that's the thing that that needs to be taken into account because we have access. We can we can take care of ourselves. You have your dildos. We have you porn. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's two different types of guys on that. I, one can see porn as a substitute. The other can see it as just an additive. I'm just saying that there have been a lot of studies done where uh, men will choose porn over the real thing in a lot of instances and it's not just like a couple of people because they can see the visualize exactly what they want and do it differently based on what they want on any particular day and it causes a lot of problems in marriages absolutely so, so keep I mean, that in mind ladies <laughs> you're i mean and semi-replaceable in that aspect and i mean here's the thing that's fucked up if <laughs> If you if you you want crazy freaky, embarrass your parents two dollar hooker sex, then you got to go out and find yourself a partner who wants that too. The problem is too many people settle, and we'll do it for two dollars. Too many people <laughs> will do it for free in a relationship. <laughs> well, as free as as free as oh, relationship. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about I'm talking about in a relationship. And well, it, this is yeah. You're, you're, and you're, you're running down a really uh, a wide a wide avenue and boulevard here because they they settle for a lot more than just that, you know. It, no, 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 no. What I'm talking about is, is settling is they're afraid to be alone. Yeah, they can't be alone. It's a pathological need to be in a relationship. And they're yeah. I have friends that are like that. The minute they get single, they have one mission: find a woman to get into a relationship with. And yeah. they fucking ignore every fucking red flag that bitch runs up the pole. Mm-hmm. And it and then they they they. You know, they disappear because she doesn't like your friends and you can't hang out with her friends. And then his brother calls and goes, have you heard from him? Because none of my family has. But he spends every holiday with her family. He, all of her friends are now his friends. And then every once in a while, she lets him off the plantation and he comes and visits his buddies. And his buddy, and I'm, I'm an asshole. I'm one of those guys that go, what are you doing here? 
I'm not talking teenagers, your first major relationship, because no one knows what the fuck you're doing. You're flying blind. Once you get some experience under your belt, you have no excuse. Period. If you get burned the same way in every relationship you get in, what is the common thread in that relationship? You. You're the problem. And that's what I will tell my friends. That's why I have friends that I no longer talk to when their marriage is dissolved because I'm not going to be an emotional tampon and listen to, I didn't see all this. We told you how she was. We pointed out examples. Motherfucker, we, we gave a PowerPoint presentation at one point and you told us to fuck off. You're in love. Where's that love got you? Sitting here crying on my fucking shoulder, 3.30 in the fucking morning. I got to go to work the next day. Get your drunk ass out of my house. Period. Like I, I, that's what I'm talking about. Those are the people that settle. And I mean, for those people, I doubt sex is even high up on the scale of shit they need to be in a relationship. That's just, they can't be alone. It's that word I hate, Aaron, that we talked about the other day, codependency. Got to be with somebody. I have to. I cannot be alone. I, and I just don't understand that. Because if you're going to be miserable in the long run, what, what good does that little dopamine hit at the beginning of the relationship? What good is it? It's not going to last. We, every, we all know the honeymoon phase. It's great. You can't keep your hands off each other. You're fucking in public. You're getting roadhead. You're eating her ass at the fucking Lions game. Whatever the fuck. But Who the fuck was away. eating ass at the Lions game? Oh, there's pictures of it. I'll send you one. Jesus Teams. Christ. <laughs> Team's that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Stafford. <laughs> Don't be a packer. <laughs> but no, I mean, hey, we we we, we gonna we gonna wrap this one up pretty soon. But I wanted to share this one with you before we go. There's a story about uh, that I read earlier about how mammals that live in areas inhabited by humans are that animals that aren't normally nocturnal in nature are becoming nocturnal just to avoid us <clears throat> and. <laughs> Of course, all the responses on Twitter were like, same, me too. I feel the same way. <laughs> you just described my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a reason I work second shift. <laughs> and it's funny because I have a friend who just got hired at a job that has, that has they're open 24-7, and he's like, I volunteered for the, the midnight shift. Less people to deal with. I'm like, damn, bro. And I, I, I wish it were some cynical bastards in Todd's mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. This is a real thing? Somebody ate ass at a, t- at a lion's Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you think I made that shit up? <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. <laughs> right up your alley. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't, you know, spontaneously come up with eating ass at a lion's game, like like for an example. natural uh, richism. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> it just flows out. Sick bastard. Yeah. yeah. See, this is yeah, why Anna doesn't Sports podcasts are rich for a while. This is not no surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. Oh, One shit. pride, right? One pride. <laughs> yeah. the story. I've pointed out that the anus isn't for me. <laughs> You've talked about this before? This common subject in the sports column? Apparently. <laughs> Total frat. Well, when, the, when the Lions come up, it comes up, you know, probably once a year. Wow. Yeah, usually during a losing streak. Like, this is the only way the fans can entertain themselves. Hell yeah. Why would you buy a ticket to go to a stadium to eat ass? Why would you pay that? I, do it on a four, you could do that on the uh, on the Lodge Freeway, for fuck's sakes, and not spend a dime. That'd be more interesting to watch if you're going to tape it. They're in the fucking I, parking lot. 
Hey, maybe they yeah, wanted to get drunk outside first, Todd. Did you ever think of that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, I noticed Todd still hasn't clicked on the link. <laughs> no, he hasn't, and he's not going to. I don't need to see that. I have a vivid, active imagination. I do not need the imagery to go along with it. Thanks. I think that maybe this other dude just lost a bet. Other dude. That's what I love. Okay. You assume they're both guys. Oh, they aren't? I don't know. I don't think they ever figured it out. It's a Lions Lions fan. It it could be either. Who knows at this point, man? What kind of dude makes that bet? I'll tell you what. Yeah. Uh, If this light's green when we turn the corner, I'll lick your butthole. You don't know what his tongue's doing. The bet could have been that I had... You have to deeply inhale my fart. Again, who, who makes that wager? Straight from my asshole to your nose. You're going to get first what, huff. What I think that's twist. a more reasonable. I, can, I think I know guys that would have made that bet with each other. With the pants down and the shirt hiked up in the back? Nope. Uh, yeah. The article does call, her, does call the recipient a her. Still could have been a bet. So. Just, Doesn't, just say it. <laughs> See, now now you just got me thinking completely different about this picture because now I'm thinking about a Drew and Mike part or bit where he was like, you got fart air on your face and you dig it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, saying, I do this could be anything, you know? Maybe the maybe she was bit by a rattlesnake. I do love I in, know, in, in Detroit. Yes. Detroit rattlesnakes. Jesus Christ! Okay. I do love. I do love the last hey, line of the article. Has monkeys. <laughs> there's like one, two, three. There's like you know. There's like four or five paragraphs, and then the last line is just, "I'll never understand why eating ass is a thing," and it's just the end of the article. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh. Can we name the episode? I'll never know why eating ass is a thing. Let's right <laughs> just name the episode. <laughs> Run the same wave like Todd. <laughs> Why is eating ass a thing? Question mark. I was going to suggest that we change our podcast name to This is Where We're At Now. <laughs> Actually, it's not a bad idea. It's called The Descent. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah. Oh, well, b- before we start any other podcast, we'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast. <laughs> we are on the Twitter at UnregimentedPod. You can email us unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. And just go to ChristopherMedia.net, check out all the other podcasts. Uh, yeah, R- Rich, uh, you're, you're, uh, I believe you told me, uh, according of one of your episodes of Nighttime Discussions, you, you, was, there was a tarp involved? Was that not hyperbole? A tarp, yeah. Oh Jesus! Oh, in one of the in one of the discussions we had, yeah, yeah. it was yeah, uh, it was a um, it was a fisting event, and apparently the the room that they held the event looked like something from a Dexter Kill room. Oh. Everything was just covered in plastic, just in case. <laughs> and I was like, see, I would walk just in that room and not think about getting fisted. I would think I'm getting like assassinated by the mafia, just in case. Yeah. What? Come on. Well, you know what case? In case, he pulls, in case he pulls his fist out of some guy's ass and and Santorum goes all over the place. I just wanted you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted you to say it. Yeah, but doesn't having a tarp kind of ruin the spontaneity of everything? <laughs> oh, apparently there's a whole lot of preparation in that. It's not as it's not 
it's like you know f- fasting and there's a there's a there's a bit of stretching involved beforehand and i was like so you don't pull something <laughs> jesus christ what kind of stretching you can't eat for 12 hours before what kind exactly. of apparatus is used in the stretching come on uh it, it depends it, uh, the, the, on what <laughs> the story depends on how how deep you want to go if you want to go shoulder deep i guess you're going to need a speculum of some sort but i guess the rest of it's just fingers wow just uh, uh what do you call it uh, a goatsy spread this day that old, calisthenics that old <laughs> internet meme where the guy's pulling his asshole open and just bent over and took a picture okay, of I'm it. sorry <laughs> <laughs> so we were supposed to just everybody. say goodbye <laughs> look if, if people lasted this long they need it <laughs> <laughs> so on that note we'll just see you next week If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.